You want 33? You got 33. Let's get this party started. What do you say, huh? All right, yo. Here we go, live back in action. 33 to the style and fashion. Sports talk with a lot of passion. Looking for another chain reaction. Knowledge with Nikki could be tricky. Get it wrong, and that's a pity. Now play players always witty. Division rankings in every city. Truth is, you should stop and listen. Pay attention to all you're missing. Keep us playing inside your kitchen. Pass and dunking and even pitching. Yeah, let the show begin. Go ahead and bring the family in. Kick back the last go grab your snacks and enjoy another 33 win. Yeah. That's only one. We got verse two coming through. Y'all ready for it? Okay, let's go. Start the show. Real good kid knocking at your door. Make you laugh till you hit the floor. NFL action with a whole lot more. 33, we put in work. Only way to go to worst to first. Get the doctor, get the nurse. Can't contain this, we about to first. Damn, this hurts. I won't lie. Doesn't matter how hard I try. We in it to win, it ain't nothing less or else. I won't be satisfied, so why try more on us? You know this show is a must. Say your prayers is 33, and that's all you need to trust. What? I told you. 33 podcast, baby. We in it. And now you're in it. Oh yeah, that's right. Live back in action coming at you on a special Tuesday night, taking a bite out of the bright stars that shine at night. The 33 podcast is blasting off in outer space where we got a seat and place for you to enjoy and embrace. Welcome back to another edition of the 33 presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by StreamYard. My name is Jason Fearman with introducing in the blue corner, standing at five foot something, Weighing in at none of your damn freaking business, the princess of prophecy, Miss Tricky Nikki Guest. Hi, guys. Uh, how are you? I know we're here on a Tuesday night. Thank you guys so much for switching the day for me. I really appreciate it, but I am ready to get going. Oh, yeah. It ain't nothing, Nikki. We do anything for our teammates over here. You know that, D. That's right. And hey, I guess she's in the blue corner. You're in the red corner, imparting the Red Sea corner with this infinite wisdom beyond his ears, bringing you laughter to tears. The real deal, Damian Adams. What's happening, kid? Nothing much, man. Just glad to be with you guys another week. Coming on a Tuesday. I know it's not Nikki's favorite day. We're coming to you, <laughs> <laughs> coming to you on a Tuesday, but as long as we can come to you once a week, I'm happy. Amen. I'm happy to. I'm happy to. And let's get this party going. We got a lot to get to, there's no doubt. And it starts with a shout out. And it happens to be Father's Day this weekend. So the shout out goes to all the great fathers, especially out there. Happy Father's Day to all of us from third and three. Right, guys? Yes, sir. Like my dad is the reason I love sports. He's the reason I'm here doing this podcast right now. Uh, so I definitely have to give a big shout out to my dad for being such a good dad and just doing all the right things and showing me how it's done. And hopefully one day in the future, that'll be me. So I appreciate him a lot. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. Hey, listen, you're off to a pretty freaking great start. I got to tell you, man, you really are. You really are. All right, Nikki, everything good with you? We're all ready to get rocking and rolling over here. Yeah, ready to go. And D, you know, same for my dad. I mean, I just took a love of football 
you know, right away watching football with him when I was, uh, I was like super young and I just asked so many questions and dad, what does this mean? What does that mean? And he would be like, Nick, just watch the game. You'll learn. Um, and so, yeah, I really can say like, this is why I am here with you guys today too. So shout out to my dad. I know you're listening. You know, you found us on YouTube dad now. So he's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and he's definitely our biggest fan. So happy Father's Day. No doubt. Happy Father's Day. And definitely to my father as well. Thank God he's still here, you know. And to those who don't have them right now, believe me, they are watching you in heaven. There is no question about it, especially if you were really close to him. So, uh, yes, happy Father's Day to all and uh, to a lot of my friends. Unbelievable how we get all them 40 freaking one. My friends got kids who were like 12, 13. I'm like, what the hell is going on over here? But it's real. It's happening. It is happening. Things are happening all over the country. As a matter of fact, in Minnesota, Danielle Hunter, one of the big-time defensive players for the Minnesota Vikings, reconstructed his contract to stay in Minnesota. And that's a big thing, guys, because we know that Damian Vikings definitely need defense. And if Rodgers is going to be out of there, that helps him back even more. Yes, definitely. And he's somebody who you want to hold on to. Um, so if you can get him under some good money, one that he knows not too high, you keep a guy like that. So I definitely like that move. Yeah, I like that move a lot. Nikki, you're, you got to be all about that move right there. He's big time stud in the middle. They need him. They they need to lock down that defense so they bad. Do. So good, good step in the right direction. Well, speaking of locking down your defense, there's a couple of lockdown cornerbacks who have not shown up for mandatory camp, and it's kind of strange. Stefan Gilmore, a no-show at mandatory camp in Patriot land. He's only getting paid $7 million. And relatively speaking to other cornerbacks, that's not as much as I think a Jair Alexander just got paid and maybe a Tredavious White. So he's looking to be in that upper upper echelon. And we'll see what happens. But right now, Nikki, Stefan Gilmore holding out for the Patriots when they're bringing a lot of their core back, not a good thing when you have a lockdown corner. you got to change your defense up. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of holdouts. Like, how many successful holdouts have there been? Is now like off the top of your head? The only one that I can ever think of in my life is Emmett Smith held out the first two games in 1993, mm -hmm. and the Cowboys went on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can ever I could think of otherwise, you know, that's back what 30 years ago. So come on. Hey, easy now, mm. easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, with with Emmett, it also mattered that the fact that you saw right away the impact. They lost the two games he held out. So you saw right away, like, oh, we need this guy. <laughs> let's get him paid and let's get him back in camp. Uh, with football players, I get it because your time as a football player can be limited to such a short time. And you want to make sure you make as much money as possible while you're playing. A lot of people didn't like Darrell Revis because of that. Like Darrell Revis is going to make sure he got every penny he did during his career. And he, he made a lot of money because of it. Now he was also a hall of fame cornerback, just like Stefan Gilmore is. So maybe Gilmore feels that he could do the same thing Darrell Revis did back in the day and was able to get as much money as possible. So I get it, but you also have to be cognizant of this when you sign a contract. When you first sign that contract, you have to know, like, oh, maybe I should sign a shorter deal instead of signing a long-term deal because by the time I get to my third, fourth year of this contract, I'm going to outperform the money on this contract. So that's why I always think they should sign shorter contracts for the bigger people. So it's a – Makes sense. You're between a rock and a hard place because you football is injuries involved, so you want to have that security. 
but also you want to if you outperform that contract now you're like ah do, do i hold out so it's a tough spot for athletes you know we are talking about millions of dollars so of course at the end of the day they're not starving but you want to make sure that you get what you're worth in your field whatever it is so if you're a top cornerback and the top cornerback's making 12 million even though you're not starving at seven you might feel disrespected at seven instead mm. of getting at 12. so i get it from both sides um but as far as players holding out i have to be pro player because i imagined myself as a basketball player growing up and i would have been somebody trying to get his money so i can't i can't <laughs> say i can't tell him not to get theirs you know Hey, man, I'm with you, bro. Listen, yeah. a lot of players holding out more now than ever. It's become more of a player's league, kind of like the NBA, you know, getting to kind of dictate where you want to go. It doesn't really happen as much in the NFL, obviously, but it's kind of headed toward in that direction a little bit as Tom Brady got his wish last year and did win a Super Bowl. Another cornerback that is held out is Xavier Howard for the Miami Dolphins. That's a big one. He's holding out mandatory camp right now. And he's pissed off because he's not even the highest player on highest paid player uh, as far as cornerbacks on his team. And that goes to Byron Jones, the former Cowboy, who I know you love, Nikki. And he gets paid <laughs> more than him. But Howard led the league in uh, interceptions last year with 10, I believe it was. And he's a lockdown guy. And he's, I guess he's feeling upset right now. He's not, he ain't feeling right because I don't know if it's Byron Jones or if maybe he feels disrespected whatever it is, but that's a guy that the Miami Dolphins need if they want to contend and actually, you know, be something in the AFC. Yeah, their secondary is what they built that defense on. They went backwards. They built from the secondary on up. You know, most teams build from the front line on back. Uh, So they depend on that secondary to be great. And for them to be great, they need Howard out there. Um, So they definitely want to make sure they take care of him. Again, he's somebody who's younger than Byron Jones. I don't know if he should feel disrespected by the fact that Jones just came out free agency at the right time. But Howard's definitely a monster, and he's somebody who he you can see the impact right away if he's not out there. And I think he might go ahead and get that money. Miami might have to fold on that one. Yeah, Miami might have to fold on that one. Is exactly right. That's the point right there. And uh, listen, they need him. Look, having two lockdown corners, I don't want to say that Byron Jones is exactly locked down. I think Howard is better than him, but it's a big deal. And it brings me to something guys I wanted to get into, and I didn't have a plan for neighborhood news, but I was watching NFL Network uh, really just before we had come on and seeing what they had to talk about. And D'Angelo Hall, who I think is one of the most overrated cornerbacks in NFL history, he made his top five list, all right? Um, he had Stefan Gilmore at five, all right? Jair Alexander at four. Nikki, you're going to love this one. James Bradbury at number three. Yeah. Right. about that? <laughs> Jalen Ramsey at two. And Xavier Howard at one. I have a problem with this list in a few different ways. I, I want to hear how you guys feel about it. Nikki, I mean, you got to be thrilled at number three over there. But how do you feel? Howard at one, Ramsey at two. And then you got your boy and then Jair Alexander and then Stefan Gilmore. Who is he leaving out? I heard no nothing else except for number three. That's all. I <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh man! Uh, for for me, the it's so it could be so subjective when it comes to corners because you can't just go by just interceptions, right? Because interceptions can be something that happens because of team concepts, or it could happen because oh this ball got tipped that line of scrimmage, and this guy happened to catch five balls that got tipped that line of scrimmage this season. And he wasn't really locking anybody down. 
Um, so it's really about what you believe the best corner is, the guy who you think is locking down or the guy who you think makes the most plays isn't lucky, right? Hmm. Uh, someone like, uh, for example, like uh, Mika Fitzpatrick has had a, been a beneficiary of a lot of tip balls in the last few years. So some people might leave him off of the list when others may put him on there. Um, so for cornerbacks, it could be very, very subjective unless you have that number one guy who's just head and shoulders above the rest like Dion was or Darrell Revis was in his prime. Um, so I can see how that list can go that way. But shout out to Bradbury. He's really good. And he gets kind of, you know, just looked over because the Giants have been that good. But he's a really good cornerback. Well, where, I'm wondering where Tredavious White is in this whole entire thing over here. That's just kind of flipping me out a little bit. Yeah, he definitely should be a top, he top five be corner. Top five? Yeah, now he's definitely a top five corner. He's one of the reasons Buffalo took that. Quantum! <laughs> Last season. So he definitely should be a part of that. Uh, but, you know, if D'Angelo has him at number six, I wouldn't be mad at it with that list. All right, all right. I'm trying to just go through a couple other cornerbacks off the top of my head. Um, who could he have left out? I mean, he did give like the big top, you know, big top five, but I think Tredavious White definitely belongs in there somewhere. I'm kind of shocked that he isn't. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's one more player that he may have missed. Maybe one of the guys in Tampa, maybe Charles Davis. I'm not sure, but there's somebody that's missed out there. So I'm wondering who it is, and maybe it'll go through it as we're going through um, you know, our our process over here of neighborhood news as we get to applause and tomatoes. But I wanted to hit on that. Um, very insignificant, but the Eagles signed former 49ers quarterback or backup quarterback, I should say, Nick Mullins, in case anything happens with Jalen Hurts. If he Who gets cares? hurt, he has <laughs> what you say? Who cares? Moving Who cares? on. Right. Yeah, move on, really. But you know what? I don't want to move on from this one so quickly. Because they're making something out of it, and it may be a real deal. And I don't know why, you know, Damien, they're talking about it. But Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill seems to be a real, actual quarterback competition in New Orleans. Yeah, we knew it's going. They was going to treat it as a real competition going in. Uh, I just think once they both get out there, Jameis is by far the better quarterback. Uh, Taysom can do some things that Jameis can do athletically, as far as running the ball, scrambling. Jameis isn't a statue, but he's nowhere near the athlete Taysom is. So that part of Taysom can be very just something that can catch your attention. But as far as the QB position, I think we've been setting it up for Jameis to be the guy. Um, I think they want to do this out of respect for Taysom, make sure they give him a chance in training camp. But I see Jameis winning. And for the second time in this show, I see Jameis taking that quantum. And he's got to start because if he doesn't start, it'll be the worst prediction in history. So I got got to have (laughs) Jameis. You got a quantum leap riding on this one. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to one of your predictions in a different sport in a little bit that you thought you were completely wrong on, but you might be completely right about it. Nikki, do you see a a quarterback battle coming up over here in New Orleans, or do you think Jameis Winston is going to start with one? Um, I am glad that you brought that up because did you guys see CBS put their list out of like their five intriguing quarterback competitions to watch out for? So they have number five, they have Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. Then they have the Saints at number four, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Then they got the Bears, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. 
Patriots, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, San Fran, Trey Lance, and Jimmy G. To me, I'm actually most intrigued by Denver because I think that has major playoff implications. And to see if that team could even challenge for a spot in the playoffs, they got a young, hungry defense. I'm still riding my Denver train. And it just came out that Deshaun Watson would like to go to Denver. So I think there's a lot of go going on there in Denver. Um, so out of that, I'm, I'm more intrigued by the whole Denver competition than I am the Saints and the Patriots and San Fran. Well, I don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to be allowed to go to Denver, number one, but that's a different story altogether. But the, the fact that you mentioned three rookies in that in that deal – you know, tends me to believe a little bit, you know, like I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's not as much as a battle as it is getting guys ready. Like Trey Lance, they want to get him ready by watching a few games. Maybe the same with Justin Fields. I feel like I feel like the Patriots are all in on Cam Newton for this season at least. I don't know if they're going to bring in Mac Jones if they're contending for a playoff spot, Damian. Yeah, now if they're playing well, I can see Cam continuing to play. But if Cam struggles for two, three games in a row, I see Mac Jones coming in. But I think Cam's going to win that starting job for sure to start the year. Um, Just to touch on Deshaun, we've been been real quiet on Deshaun. I can see somebody making a sneaky move Mm -hmm. in trading for Deshaun since things have quieted down. And it seems like there might not be any legal ramifications for all the stuff that we were hearing about. So I, I think we might hear something within the next month about the shine moving somewhere. Well, that'd be interesting. I don't know if things have quieted down because the media is covering it less or if because, yeah. you know, whatever. But look, I, I sure as hell hope that these were all false. And if it is that case, 22 different ladies, I mean, what you got to be freaking kidding me. And that's a whole other thing we've got to watch out for. But that's uh, that's aside. On the field, we know that he is incredible. And him going to a place like Denver or a bunch of other places would be incredible. So there's no doubt there. Deshaun Watson is a great player on the field. All right. Well, we'll see what happens in New Orleans with, uh, with uh, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. But going to the NBA playoffs real quick, you know how big I was on the Suns, Damian? They swept the Nuggets, man, I, I that I didn't see coming. No, I did not see a sweep coming. I thought for sure this would go five or six games. I did pick Phoenix to win, but, man, they were just way better. Uh, I talked about it on this show how the backcourt matchup was just a whole mismatch when you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker going against Austin Rivers, Capazzo. And Austin Rivers can play. Don't get me wrong. Austin Rivers is okay. But you can't ask Austin Rivers to be your main guy trying to defend a Devin Booker Chris Paul and score for you and be a creator on that end. Uh, without Will Barnett out there, without Jamal Murray, you're asking too much of Nikola Jokic to overcome. Um, Jokic still, first, let me uh, let me just do a rant real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. For the national media that's like, see, this is why he didn't deserve MVP. That's a regular season award. He was a monster during a regular season. And in the playoffs, a lot of us, like myself, said we would see the impact of the loss of Jamal Murray come playoff time. Because come playoff time, your guard play matters a lot more. Without those guards out there for him to help out, not only Jamal Murray, but Will Barton being hurt most of the playoffs, you saw Nikola Jokic have to really carry them. And he did a great job against Portland, and Portland didn't have the front court to deal with him. Phoenix had enough defense. Portland doesn't play any defense. That's why Denver was able to win that series. They ran up against a team like Phoenix who plays defense, who's tough, who can shoot, 
well-rounded, well-coached. This is what happens when you don't have any guards on your squad. So for the people saying, oh, this is why Chris Paul should have been MVP or this is why Joel Embiid should have been MVP, no, the right guy got MVP. It's a regular season award. Now, if you want to give a playoff MVP to a Chris Paul or to a Donovan Mitchell or whoever it is, do that. But don't question the MVP because of what happened in the playoffs. That's that's a horrible, just lazy take. But back to uh, what we were talking about. <laughs> that's why Russell Westbrook had won the MVP, you know, when he had his triple-double season. You know, again, regular season award. That's what we're trying to focus on over here. So I'm with yeah. you, D. That makes a whole bunch of sense to me, and I'm definitely with you on that one. Uh, so the Suns really 4-0 took care of business. Uh, moving on to the next series, um, I have Hawks tying up the series at two apiece with uh, the Sixers, and a lot of that is on Joel Embiid not being healthy. And if he's not healthy, Ben Simmons cannot carry the 76ers. Atlanta might actually get out of this series and and win it. They may win the next two games, depending on Joel Embiid's health right now. Because, if again, I'll say it again. If he's not healthy, they cannot win. Do you agree? Yeah, in this series, if he's not healthy, they will have a tough time because Atlanta could score the ball. Right. And Philadelphia is so good defensively that their lack of offense hasn't really affected them in the playoffs. But if Joel Embiid's not there, you're missing 30, 35 points a game the way he's been playing up until last night, of course, when he was horrible. Uh, but last night, oh, even with the second half, gosh. Yeah, he was horrible. And you could tell something was wrong, especially in that last play. It was a beautiful play drawn up by Doc Rivers. And Joel Embiid just blew the wide open layup. Then Ben Simmons blows the putback. So it's something that definitely was wrong there. But something with last night that I saw was that Philadelphia, the 76ers, I should say, don't check their catfish for bones because they choked. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely choked that game away last night. It didn't check their food for bones. It got stuck right up in here. And all you hear was, because <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't swallow their food. They were choking. <laughs> Well done, man. Well they done. definitely choked that game away. Atlanta played well, but that's more of a choke job than it was Atlanta playing great. Philadelphia should have definitely won that game easily. Yeah, Philadelphia is basically saying, no, they were saying something more like this. It was at this moment that he knew. <laughs> yes, indeed. That did happen. But uh, moving on, yes, obviously, so well explained by Damien over here. The Bucks, Damien, we were talking about them. We were high on them. You were higher on them, I believe. They were down 2-0, but they have come back and won the last two games against the Nets now. You can't say Kyrie Irving went out early. James Harden hasn't been there. Uh, but Kevin Durant has been going absolutely crazy. Now Harden, within about like a 15-minute period, went from not playing to doubtful to questionable to probable, to now he's going to give it a shot in the game tonight, which is starting in, let me see, one minute maybe? Exactly. Yeah, about, yeah, about now, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be – yeah, we've got to be trying to check in the score on that one. So with this series right now, and if Harden – he's obviously not 100% healthy. I mean, let's get real. If yeah. he can't play his type of basketball and if he's just going to become a facilitator and, you know, Milwaukee knows that, I think that Budenholzer, even though he's been banged on and deservedly so as a coach, can figure something out. What do you think? If he does not win this series, if the Bucks don't win this series with uh, impaired Harden, Kyrie, that sprained ankle was nasty. I don't think we're going to oh. see him back 
Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see him back in this series. Like yeah. being a basketball player, I've done that. It's yeah, it's gonna be rough. Now, of course, he's got all the technology and all the stuff. They're gonna be giving him twenty four hour treatment and all that good stuff. But that was a nasty sprain. Like his his ankle touched the ground. Like that was a, yeah. a nasty one. And with him being out, hard being impaired. You have a fully healthy squad outside of Dante DiVincenzo being out. The Bucks have to win this series now. They have to. If they do not win this series, it's going to be a Bud's life because Bud's going to be gone from the Bucks. You're go- he's going to be out of there. You cannot have him there after a failure like this. When you have a team that's missing two out of their three stars or one and a half out of their three stars, and you have your three stars and Giannis – and Drew Holiday and Middleton. So if you're missing two of your three guys and you still lose to them, Buzz got to be gone, man. So I, I expect the Bucks to win this series, and they should win this series now, being 2-2 with Harden and Kyrie both being affected in this way. Yeah, yeah. Again, especially if Harden cannot come back and be even anywhere near 75% of himself, there's no shot. Uh, one more to go through, which is the series that has turned around, and that would be the Clippers and the Jazz. And L.A. beat down Utah last night to even it up at two games apiece. So, uh, you know, again, many key players that have been hurt, not just Harden and Irving now, um, but Mike Connolly. We talk about Joel Embiid. The Clippers are healthy, perhaps due to that load management. So we talk about load management in the NBA, how much we hate it. It's a terrible thing. Well, Look who the healthy teams are right now. It looks like Kawhi and PG-13 have fresh legs and the rest of the team around them, and they're the core of it, obviously. So they're more healthy than any other team left in the playoffs and probably better skill-wise than any other team left in the playoffs. So I wonder, can they win it all now? Yeah, the Clippers can definitely win it all. Uh, I picked the Clippers in six in this series. They just needed to make the adjustments. In game one, they were trying to go too deep into their rotation, they're pulling out guys who I forgot was on the team. Like in the playoffs, you shorten your rotation up. You have your seven, your eight guys that you trust, and you go there. And that's what they found in games two. We started to see that adjustment. Game three and game four now, we saw the adjustment being made. With Utah, Donovan Mitchell is going to get his. Donovan Mitchell is special. Like he is a superstar. A lot of people might say, oh, he's not a superstar. He's a star who is becoming a superstar. No, I believe he has arrived as a superstar when you see somebody being able to put up these type of points on Kawhi, on paul george even batum all these good defenders pat beverly and you still can't stop him he's a superstar yeah now, the problem is those great defenders may not be able to stop mitchell but they're gonna stop the rest of the team yes. and, that, <laughs> and that's what they've been doing since, since game two they've been stopping everybody else and i don't see even if mike Conley comes back for utah I don't see him making a big enough difference for Utah to win this series now. So I got the Clippers winning in six. I think it's going to be a bloodbath Suns-Clippers next round. It's going to be a crazy series, excellent to watch. But I shouldn't say – I shouldn't just put it out there like that. I shouldn't disrespect Utah in that way because it's still 2-2. Yeah. But I got got the Clippers winning this series. I don't see how Utah can reverse it now with Kawhi playing this way. Paul George being playoff P now. Like when he's on like this, shooting this way, driving to the hoop, attacking him and Kawhi both had 10 plus free throw attempts last night. That's the key. When they're attacking that way and they're getting fouled and they're being aggressive, that's going to open up everything else. Now you got Batum hitting threes. Last night it was Marcus Morris who went crazy. 
you have so many players now who can shoot open shots because those two are attacking and being aggressive. Um, Kawhi had a little knee issue, but he said he's good to go. They just sat him for precautionary reasons. So if he's good to go and he's still yamming on people the way he did Derek Favors last night, which was absolutely nuts, Clip is going to be hard to beat, man. Clip is going to be really hard to beat. They really are. They look great right now. Kawhi, nasty dunk last night. That was something mm-hmm. else, man. I mean, oh, boy, that's posterization <laughs> city right there. All right, well, that's NBA playoff wrap-up for you. But one quick question in neighborhood news. The John Madden cover. Madden, what are we up to, 2022, I guess they are. It yeah, is. I haven't played it in so yeah. They haven't come out with, with the uh, cover guy yet. Correct? Is that is that right? Uh, the rumor I've heard is that it was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers, and they don't know what to do. <laughs> because they don't, know, they don't know where he's going to be. Because normally by this time, by June, we know who's on the cover. Yeah. The game, the game comes out in August. So usually you'll have a little sneak peek of the cover and stuff like this by this time. So the wow. fact that we don't have it yet probably confirms the fact that it is Aaron Rodgers, but they don't want to put him on a cover with you know the Green Bay jersey on. Which right. honestly doesn't really matter because nowadays most people buy it digitally anyway. Like true, me, true. I'm, not, I'm not, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to the store anymore. So you just can change it in your lab, wherever you do, and yep. we'll see it come up on our Xbox when it's time. So I don't know if that's the issue, and they still want to make sure they have the right person on the right cover with the right uniform on. But that's what I'm guessing. It was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers coming off an of MVP wow. season. It makes sense. I don't know, Nikki. What do you think? Should they go with uh, Tom Brady? Should they have gone with us? Uh, you can't go with Saquon Barkley. He didn't play last year. I'm trying to think of uh, the player. Who, I mean, Derrick Henry's been on it already, I believe, right? I don't know. I don't I think, think Henry's been on it yet. Wasn't? I thought he was. Oh, if Henry <laughs> hasn't been on it, then he should or an Alvin Kamara or something like that. Yeah. I think Henry coming off a 2,000-yard season definitely could be there. Yeah. And they could, you know, usually what they used to do is they would have, you know, back in the day, they would have a theme with it. Like the year they came out with the hit stick, it was Ray Lewis on the cover. You know, ah. the year they came out with the QB vision, I, I believe it was McNabb on the cover. Uh, and they don't have those things anymore. Yeah, when huh? came the Juke, it was Marshawn, uh, it was Marshall uh, Falk on the cover. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they always had a theme that went along with the person on the cover. Uh, cool. So they, if they go back to that, you have you bring back the importance of the running back. You have Derrick Henry on the cover, or you bring back the QB vision. That's one of the unpopular opinions I think I had. Where they, I think they should bring back the QB vision, and you could have a QB on there doing it. Uh, I could so that. that'd be something that'd be dope. Well, yeah, has, so you guys, did you see the promo? I saw the promo on Twitter. So first of all, they're going to release the cover on the seventeenth at ten a.m. Mm-hmm. But they got the two goats on there. So, of course, everybody's saying, oh, it's got to be Brady and Mahomes, which I hope not. Because to me, that's just like a tie. You pick pick one player and just go yeah. with it. Why do we have to have two? Wow. So, I mean, I guess we will see on Thursday, but I don't know. If yeah, they go Going with goat, I mean, look, I love Patrick Mahomes, and he's definitely on goat status right now, but – can you put him goat over Aaron Rodgers? Well, it's the, the promos a, a goat and a baby goat. So I don't know. You know, everyone's just throwing stuff out. And yeah. That makes sense. It makes sense that it would be Brady, even though none of us on the third and three podcast agree on Brady being a goat. Correct. <laughs> it would make sense that the unanimous goat amongst most people would be the one on the cover, along with the person who looks like he has the potential to be the goat going forward in Mahomes. So that would make sense. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be pretty cool. Hey, I'd have no problem with that. I think they'll look really good. Maybe the back to the back, throwing the ball, whatever it is, that'll look pretty cool. All right, time to get into one of Nikki's favorites. We're doing applause and tomatoes right now. So I say we get into it. Boom, boom, right away. Let's get tomato action happening right over here. Nikki, it's your favorite. The crowd is booing at you, but you don't mind. You don't care. It's not a big deal for you. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> I am like blown away by tomatoes. <laughs> all right Nikki. what we got with our tomatoes this week well gee maybe you'll join me in my tomatoes this week because i am throwing them at nbc who decided to cancel manifest on that friggin two-hour season finale cliffhanger and you just right. cancel the show today i First of all, it is trending number one on Netflix in the U.S. and in Canada. So it's like gaining steam. Like, I don't know why. Why are we doing ratings in 2021 of like same day viewing and delayed viewing by like a day or a night or whatever? Uh, this is like been like we're a binge TV society. Put it on Netflix. Let everybody yeah. watch it. This week to week crap is ridiculous anymore. But Wait, I cannot you're believe saying they got canceled. The they, show is the show is canceled. It Nikki, was the can 11th I tell you hour. Why? Yeah, can go I ahead. tell you why? Because they have no freaking idea what to do. They don't have a clue. That's the I problem. understand that, and they were going in circles. However, if you saw the finale. Like, I need some answers. Just somebody, like, even the the showrunner came out and said he had um, six seasons planned. Like, I don't think you should drag a story out because you think you're going to get six seasons. But could the network give a heads up? Like, hey, maybe you want to wrap up the season finale a little bit tighter or something. So apparently it was an 11th hour decision. The cast, their contracts were set to renew today, and they decided against it. So now there's petitions online and all this crazy stuff. And I just, I need answers. Like I am just that type of person. I cannot believe the way they left it, but these networks, this is why people don't want to watch new shows. You let it go like a season or two and then you cancel it. So all my tomatoes to NBC. I hope the show goes to Netflix because I feel like we need at least one season to wrap it up and let me know what the hell happened with Noah's Ark and a missing plane. I don't know. Angels and devils. It's too much. Her seal, the baby. No more canceling. Yeah, no more canceling these shows without some sort of closure. I, I'm all with you. Tomatoes thrown, man. I'm, I'm with you all the way, Nikki. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. I know D, not not into that show. Up, you know, you don't watch that show. But if you do, don't forget. It. Just don't. Don't watch <laughs> it. Don't, don't at this point. Let us be aggravated. Right. Oh, Let's share them with you over there. What about you, D? What do you got this week? So I'm going to throw my tomatoes at Stephen A. Smith. All right. Okay. I got so no problem with that. Stephen A. Smith said that Donovan Mitchell is the best player in Utah Jazz history. I heard that. Yeah. Okay. So now maybe it's just his wording of it, right? Because can Donovan Mitchell be the most talented player in Utah Jazz history? Yeah. He may be more naturally gifted than Carl Malone and John Stockton. But to say that he's the best player in jazz history is extremely disrespectful to John Stockton and Carl Malone. Yeah, these two guys who for, they were together for what, 20 years? And put together 
such an amazing run of playoff after playoffs at the playoffs and then making it to back-to-back finals. And the reason they don't have a championship is because they ran to Michael Jordan. That's right. right. So <laughs> when you think about John Stockton being number one all-time in assists, number one all-time in steals, somebody who people still talk about, whenever you hear an interview of an older player on, say, a podcast like All the Smoke, where they interview older players or even a knuckleheads, and they talk to guys and they ask them about their toughest matchups, they always bring up John Stockton. They're like, Stockton wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the quickest, but somehow he always knew where to be. <laughs> and they say he was they say he was a little dirty as well. But they say he always, he always knew where to be. He was always super tough. He played extremely good defense when he was in the right spot. And Carl Malone is the second leading scorer all time. Yes. Understand that, you know, he had his flaws where he couldn't hit free throws in the clutch, or he, he had to now it's the second most turnovers of all time behind LeBron James. And Carl Malone shouldn't have had that many turnovers, being somebody who didn't handle the rock that much. So he had his flaws. But to be that good, to score that much for that long, puts you on just a such a high level. Oh, and yeah. Donovan Mitchell, as great as he is, has so much more to accomplish before he gets to the upper echelon of those two guys. Yeah, no doubt, man. Look, yo, if they wanted to argue Stockton, I, I, I can maybe see an argument there somehow. But again, with, with assists and steals and everything. But Carl Malone is an MVP. I mean, he was literally like Anthony Mason, but in like Tim Duncan's clothing type of stuff, or even yeah. or something, you know, he, he, yeah. he's a tough guy. This guy was not to be messed around with. And he was just ultimate. And yeah, they ran into Michael Jordan. And when you run into Michael Jordan, um, when, you know, in the nineties, you're going to lose. That's the problem. So I like that right there. I like that a lot. I'm going to stick with basketball for my tomatoes, guys, and I'm going to throw it at. We talked about the Denver Nuggets before, and it is a regular season MVP, but Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets got swept. Now, I know they got swept by the Suns, and I'm not shocked that the Suns won. Again, I picked them to go all the way to the finals, but to really just not show up and to really get your butt kicked every night is what really happened. I know Jamal Murray's not there, but he hasn't been there for months. So where's the adjustments? Is it on the coaching? Is it on Jokic? Who is it on? Where do we go? You know, where do we go for this, Damien? So I, I even want to ask you, like, how did the, how did the Nuggets get swept with the MVP of the league? And again, Jamal Murray hasn't been there for a long time, so it's not like this is brand new to them. Honestly, I don't think they could have done anything differently. Uh, defensively, they just couldn't match up. Like, they couldn't stop this team at all. And one of the players they depend on offensively was a big liability on defense and Michael Porter Jr. Michael yeah. Porter Jr. had to be your second best guy now with Jamal Murray being out. But defensively, he's horrible. <laughs> and the Phoenix Suns were like, okay, we're going to find him every time. You're not going to be able to hide him. We're going to make sure he's in the action. He's going to have to do something on defense. And you saw it in the last game. Chris Paul literally was like, okay, we're going to run this screen. You're going to make Michael, Jordan, Michael Porter Jr. stick me. I'm going to score. <laughs> and that's, and that's what pretty much what it was. But they couldn't just take him out because once you take him out, you're taking out 20 points right there. Mm. And you're asking so much of Nikola Jokic at that point. And if Nikola Jokic doesn't have shoes around him, that excellent passing ability that he has as a center – is gone. So now you take away what makes him so dynamic at the center position, him giving you eight, nine assists a game is what makes him so great. But now that's not there because you don't have the shooters or you don't have just 
they're not afraid now. So DeAndre Ayton was actually able to guard Nikola Jokic one-on-one. You don't have to double. Now you don't have those open shooters. Yeah. So honestly, I don't think the Nuggets could have anything differently. Maybe an adjustment here, adjustment there. But honestly, I don't think it would have made a difference. It also goes to show you how amazing Chris Paul is. My God, is yeah. he just out – even to, to score. I mean, he's known more for his assist, obviously, but to be able to put up all those – 37 points last night? Give me a yeah. freaking break, man. Unbelievable. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my tomatoes at the Nuggets for getting swept with the MVP. Wrapping it around with my applause goes to those passengers, guys. Did you see what happened on that Delta flight – who helped take down that man who tried to take an entire airplane down. Did you guys see this? Yes. I didn't see what happened. Oh my God. It was crazy. He, his plan was to try to open the, the emergency door when they're like, you know, 30,000 feet up in the air. And it was an off duty Delta attendant who did this, who apparently started a, a fight mid flight. And luckily there were no injuries or anything, but a bunch of guys were able to tackle him down and, uh, and, and stop him from God forbid, killing you know how many a hundred people whatever it was on the plane i don't know the exact number but nick you know what i'm talking about that's an unbelievable scene oh no that was crazy yeah d the video there's a video of it right video is on twitter um it's just like isn't it crazy just goes to show like you know don't threaten people like we will band together and and take you down and thank god nobody was hurt but yeah, that was uh, you got to watch it. It's a long clip, but it was it was pretty amazing to watch. It's people real. are losing their minds, man. I'm telling you, people are losing their freaking minds. It's nuts out there. I it's scary. Bottom line, it's totally scary. But thank God there were there were some heroes on that plane who risked themselves, their lives, and it's one of those situations where you have to think quick. And Damien, uh, yeah, people came to the rescue. So I'm sure if you check out YouTube, Delta Flight. Delta Flight Fight, I should say, you know, like Fight Club, uh, not to make fun of anything, really. But they did an amazing job, man. So check it out. I'm glad to hear that, man. And for people who want to do that type of stuff, man, like, think about it. Like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to get beat up by all these people on the plane? (laughs) Like, Like, think about it that way. Think about what could happen, right? And is it worth it to you to get jacked up? So I'm glad those people jacked them up. Yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> yep. So am I. It, it, listen, it was well worth it, obviously. Jeez. Uh, D, what do you got for your applause today, bro? So for my applause, I'm going to give my applause to Netflix. Uh, so there was a show on Fox called L.A.'s Finest with Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba, where they are cops. And Gabrielle Union's character is her character from Bad Boys 2. Sid. Uh-huh. And she is now... She transferred from Miami to being a cop in L.A. Her and Jessica Alba are partners, and it's such a good show. And I don't know if this was the original plan or not, but the first season was on Fox. And then right after the season was over, it went straight to Netflix that season. So I was thinking it was going to be one of those shows where they do the season on the original station. And then as soon as it's over, it goes on Netflix. There's a few shows like that, like All American, Riverdale, I believe. A few shows where they do the show on a network. And then as soon as that season is over, Netflix gets it. So the second season, I've been waiting on Fox, and then boom, it just pulls up on Netflix. So it looks like Fox canceled it, and Netflix picked it up, and now I get my show back. So I gotta give props to Netflix. So I gotta give props to Netflix for doing this show and picking it back up. If you guys haven't seen LA's Finest on Netflix, go check it out. 
Jessica Alba, Gabrielle Union, you know, looking good like how he look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he made to look at, right? <laughs> but also it's a great show. Like outside of them looking good, they're both great actresses. And it's a funny show as well with the partners they have that they work with. And the drama is really good. It's a really good story. Um, so I was like going to be as mad as Nikki was if it was canceled for season one because it was a big cliffhanger at the end of season one. So now I'm in season two. I'm already six episodes in because like she said, you get to binge in. Next thing you know, you're just going and going. Uh-huh. And you know, like tonight after we finish, I'll probably end up watching some more if the if the you know the Nets and Bucks game is already over. So you know, I'll be in there watching that after the game. So yeah, shout out to Netflix for picking up shows that we love and giving us a chance to not just be left with the cliffhanger. Yeah, no doubt. That's freaking huge, right? Just amazing how it just folds in like that. We were just talking about it, so that's perfect right there. Absolutely perfect. All right. Nikki, close this out. I will close this out with a personal applause this week. So this oh. one goes to my – so I'm the oldest of four, so my I call her my little, little sister, Lexi. Um she is graduating tomorrow, which is why Jay and Dee were so nice to move the show to Tuesday so that I could attend the graduation tomorrow. So finally, she is graduating uh, Southern Regional for any local people out there who are listening. And listen, it was rough. I know, I know it's been a rough year for seniors. I don't think every kid was suited for remote learning and you're in school and you're out and it's closed. And I know it's been rough for everybody. And it's been a weird senior year. So shout out to Lexi. You made it. Congratulations and all the other seniors and teachers and parents who have just had a rough go of it. So shout out to everybody. Congratulations. Breathe a sigh of relief and move on to the next part of your life. There you go. All right. Shout out to Lexi, man. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Well done all around. I love it. Beautiful job, guys. Excellent. 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 Well, hey, you guys, before we move on, guess what? I watched a movie this weekend. No. <laughs> Which movie did you watch? It, w- it was not anything on the list. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, well, I, you know what? I was on Netflix and I was looking at LA's Finest and I'm like, this looks interesting. This looks like Wait. a show I might like. My husband comes out. He's like, uh, do you want to watch a movie with me? And I'm like, oh, I got this list, but I'm, I might start this show. I don't know. He's like, well, I downloaded this movie, Greenland. Okay, what's it about? It's an end of the world movie. All right, if I'm gonna watch a movie, I like a good disaster movie. <laughs> My favorite end of the world movie, that like Armageddon. Nobody's topping Armageddon. So to me, the bar oh, set yeah. pretty high. This pretty movie was movie. trash, like complete <laughs> trash. It was so ridiculous. The plot was, I, I just, they spent two and a half hours trying to get to Greenland to go in this bunker to come out, and there are only people left in civilization. I mean, it's just stupid. Gerard Butler was in it. I mean, his accent, I, I don't know. They're supposed to be uh, living in Georgia, and he has the Scottish accent. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, my husband's like, I just can't watch anything with you. Like, you got to comment for everything. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> that up. Like, it, it was terrible. Oh, I was like, this is why I don't watch movies, but I did watch a movie. Well, that's great that you watched the movie. <laughs> it wasn't on the list, and it wasn't not on the here. list for a reason. I have <laughs> seen that movie, and yeah, it's definitely not going to be on any of my top anything sort of list. But I did watch from start to end because you have to find out what happens at the end, of course, right, Nikki? Okay, so you did watch it. So do you feel like the mom was like all a little crazy with my kid had my son has diabetes? Like he's gonna be okay. Like give him a banana or something. Yeah. Whole movie. Oh, he has diabetes. He doesn't have cancer. I mean, 
He doesn't need like chemo treatment. I mean, it was so over. It was so ridiculous. It, it was. It, look, they, oh, they had passes to go on. It's like very easy. Just walk your asses in and get in. And instead, freaking the kids out. The, you know, the mother's looking for the kid. The father has <laughs> no idea. Had to open her mouth. Like this is why you don't say anything to anybody. You just Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. It really is. Wow. So that's a good one right there. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. All right. So hang please on. watch the good movies recommended. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a reason. But watch a reason. LA, you and your husband definitely should watch LA's Finest. It's really good. I yeah. think, I think I will. It seems like it would be up my alley. Yeah. Check it. You know, it's funny. I was I mentioned how, how much I love Django last weekend. It was on a couple of days ago. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. I should have called <laughs> Nick and let her know it was on right away. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, third and three podcast. Thanks for hanging with, with us again. Shout out to the sports column, Frankie Fear. We love you, baby. Really appreciate it. Shout out to Anchor Radio for hosting us along with Stream Yard. We are on Facebook right now. We are on Twitter. We are on social media. So come join us. Bring your comments, bring your questions, your opinions, whatever it may be. As we get to Mount Player, Player, and that is going to be the biggest upsets in sports history. So while we love our NFL, obviously it's an NFL show for the most part. Look, if we did that, we would have came up with mostly probably we would have had two each of the same or whatever it was. So we did sports. It could be anything. It could be baseball, boxing, football, basketball, hockey, you name it, whatever you want. So with that being said, I have more than four because just in case any of you guys say mine, I'm going to go with it. So ladies first, Nikki, I would love to go to you and find out what your number four Biggest upset in sports history is. All right. Let me just clarify. Of course, my list is not conventional. And I know there are bigger upsets than what I have. <laughs> but <laughs> I just list. felt like, yeah, it's my list. And as Jay says, it's our show. We do whatever, what we want. Right. So Damn freaking right. All right. So number four, um, and like I always say, I think sports is the best reality TV. As much as I love reality TV, just sports in general is the the best as it comes and fewer things are greater than seeing an underdog win something they shouldn't and even better is when you bet on that underdog and <laughs> win a lot of money right so if you guys remember the 2009 kentucky derby mind that bird against all odds ended up winning the kentucky derby he was a 50 to 1 dog in the 2009 derby and generally, pedigree-wise, bloodline-wise, like not much to write home about. However, that horse did show up when he needed to and won, and he raked in $2.2 million in career winnings. But wow. except the odds, the odds makers didn't catch on to this, right? So nobody gives this horse a shot in hell. You guys got to go on YouTube, watch the clip, watch the announcer. He even says, he's like, behind them all is the mind that bird. And then, like, 30 seconds later, he's stumbling over his words. And he's like, that is um, uh, coming through is uh, uh, mind that bird into the lead. Mind that bird wins by seven lengths, overtakes 18 horses in 21 seconds, wins 100. No, I'm sorry, wins 1.47 million. And if you bet $2 on it, you got 103 bucks back. So one of the biggest upsets, 2009 Kentucky Derby. All right. I didn't see that coming at all. I really didn't. I was thinking about horse racing. 
I was Nikki, that's why you're amazing. I was thinking about <laughs> horse racing a little bit. I'm like, I don't know enough. I'm not gonna like go look anything up right now. So like forget about it. You know, as you forget about it. As a New Yorker is how we do it. But Nikki, that's a great one. I I'm gonna have to check that out. Very good. You should horse listen, race. just listen to the announcer because it's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm digging it. All right. All right, D, how about you? You want to go with your number four? So in my number four, this one is personal to me. When people talk about boxing upsets, the one that's brought up the most, of course, is Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson, right? Which I get. But I wasn't old enough to appreciate that one. I literally was like two weeks old when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) So the one that stands out to me, of course, is when Roy Jones Jr. got knocked out by Antonio Tarver. Roy Jones Jr. was Superman to me. Like Roy Jones Jr., I didn't picture him losing at all. He was the reason I thought I could box. I was like, I can do this. I even got a couple of fights growing up, and I did. I copied Roy Jones Jr. in those fights. Really? And, yeah. And I, <laughs> and, and I was able to win those fights copying Roy Jones Jr.'s style. And people who didn't watch, the kids who I fought against didn't know what was going on. And I happened to be, you know, I was tall as a kid, too, so that helped out. So, And I was like, okay, I could actually box a little bit. But when Roy Jones Jr. on May, that was 14, 2004, got knocked out by Antonio Tarver, it changed my life because I was no longer interested in being a boxer. (laughs) (laughs) If Roy Jones Jr. can get knocked out, anybody, including myself, can get knocked out. And Roy Jones Jr., if you don't know the story, fought, he dominated the 90s. He was the boxer of the decade in the 90s. In the early 2000s, was still doing his thing. 2004 comes, or 2003 comes, he moves up to heavyweight, wins a piece of the heavyweight crown, and at his press conference where he's celebrating his victory, Antonio Tarver is there talking the most trash and <laughs> trying to get him to fight him. And he's like, and he finally, Roy's like, all right, I'll fight you. And he comes back down a light heavyweight. He has to lose like 30 pounds of muscle to come back down a light heavyweight and fight him. The first time they fight, Roy wins, but it's not impressive. And people could tell that Roy was drained from losing the weight. So the second fight, Roy has the time to get ready. Everybody's expecting to see the normal dominant Roy Jones Jr. Which in the first round, people forget about it. The first round, you see that. Roy Jones looks like himself. Mm-hmm. Second round, he slips up, gets caught with one of the most dangerous left hands of all time. Square. From yes, square. square. <laughs> gets caught square on the jaw from a looping left hand from Antonio Tarver, who's a southpaw. So that's his power hand. Right. And I was so shocked. I've been more shocked in my life. Never forget, I was watching at my grandpa's house and sitting right next to my dad. And I just was in shock. And my dad was like, happens to them all. (laughs) It happens (laughs) to them all. And man, it was just so shocking to me. So for me, that's always a big upset that stands out to me because it, like I said, changed my whole outlook on being a boxer and i was like yeah i'm gonna take i'm gonna get this basketball thing a real try yeah, yeah right <laughs> let me do something maybe a little bit safer right yeah i'm gonna pull flat on my freaking ass in the second round jesus yeah d i'm with you man listen i was the biggest roy jones jr fan that you can find that when he won when he beat ruiz for the championship the heavyweight i'm like you see he could do anything i'm like nobody could beat this guy he's pound for pound best boxer and then when he fought antonio tarver i thought that tarver in the first fight, did a number on him a little bit. But Roy yeah. Jones Jr. was still, you know, he 
Junior still he ends up winning the fight uh, by decision, and a lot of people had a problem with it. Like Antonio Tarver, came out second round, whack. Boy was on the ground in a second, and that, I, 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 I was heartbroken. I felt the same way you did. I'm like, if Roy Jones Jr. can lose a fight, then anybody can lose a fight. Even, I guess, Floyd Mayweather somehow. I don't know. I hope he stops fighting because that was weird against uh, Paul Logan or whatever it was. But I feel I feel your pain, Damien. I really do. I feel your pain. Number four, I can go so many ways right now. But you know what I really want to go with? And, Damien, I think you're really going to appreciate this. In 1994, the Denver Nuggets were the number eight mm. over the number one Seattle Supersonics. And Dikembe Mutombo laying there flat on his back saying yes, 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 instead of no, 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 holding the basketball like this and just being so happy. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget watching it because Seattle was – they were the team. They they went on. They played the, Lake, uh, the Lakers, you know, the Bulls and the championship and everything like that, you know, later on. But people were so shocked to see what Dikembe Mutombo and the Denver Nuggets at that point did, the number eight seed being the number – one seed in the Seattle Supersonics at that time. It was unheard of, but it was a five-game series. That's what the big beef was, right, D? It was a five-game series. Nevertheless, they won it in five, three to two. So that is my number four. That's the reason a lot of people say the NBA should go back to five-game series in the first round because nowadays the upset of the 8-1 upset is very unlikely to happen because the one seed is a one seed for a reason. Yeah. So you give them a seven-game series, they're going to find a way to beat this eighth seed most of the time. But we'll get to some that didn't happen on my list here. But wow. that's that's a classic right there. Denver beating Seattle. Seattle, like, it changed the course of history because then you get Houston winning the championship that year, and they went back-to-back. So if right. Seattle wins that series, they most likely probably win the championship because Seattle was a tough matchup for Houston because of the athleticism of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and that squad. Houston, of course, had a Kim one who was a matchup nightmare for everybody. But with Seattle being so good defensively, Seattle might have beat them. Even Kenny Smith talked about it, where he was like, that, that was a horrible matchup for us. We had nothing for them. And when Denver took them out, we knew we could win a championship that year. Um, so it changed the course of history. Definitely a great pick right there. And like you said, iconic picture and image of the Kimmy McTumble yes. holding the ball on the ground, being yes. just so excited after winning the game five. So great pick. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, I'll never, never, I'll never forget it. I was waiting tables at the time, and uh, I remember watching it. I'm like, and it was on, on a break. Finally, I'm off my shift, and I'm watching. I'm like, I can't believe it. They really freaking did it. So, yeah, it blew me away. It was uh, something else. But, again, in game in five games it was. Nikki, we are doing the biggest upsets, in our opinion, our own, our own sports history. So, Nikki, you're up to number three. What do you got? Okay, my next random one. Not random, but I just feel like, you know, some of these need a shout out. Okay, guys, how about the 2008 Olympics? So the U.S. softball team had not dropped a game since the year 2000. So they were riding a 22-game win streak in the Olympics. But as we all know, in the pursuit of perfection, it does not always work out. Um, so you got, I remember this cause I'm an Olympics fanatic and I cannot wait till it comes back this summer. Um, so Japan, beat them. 
yeah, Japan beats them and just shocks the world. And, you know, even their pitcher, U.S. pitcher was like, this is, you know, this isn't even supposed to be how it ends. It's not supposed to end this way. Completely shocks the world. But I'm most excited about it because there was no softball for 13 years, but it is back this year and Japan and U.S. are going to go at it. So get your popcorn ready because revenge Woo! is coming. I love Woo! a good revenge game. USA. USA. <laughs> USA. <laughs> well done, Nick. Yeah, all right. Way to bring like it. Homecoming right there. Yeah, that's some home cooking pie right there. I love it. All right, Nikki. I like it too. Off maybe the beaten path a little bit, but they make a <laughs> hell of a lot of sense so far. So I'm happy. All right, D, your number three biggest upset in sports history. So Nikki's actually is a great transition to mine. So oh. I'm going to go four years earlier to the 2004 Olympics. Oh, uh, you, you, I think Jason knows where I'm going with this one. So the U.S. men's basketball team had dominated <laughs> forever in basketball. Like the, the dream team came out in 92. It was the first team where we actually mm -hmm. used professional basketball players to play in the Olympics because I believe in 88 we lost with college kids against the rest of the grown men out there. So we're like, okay, we're going to bring our grown men now. And it was just a straight, just molly whopping of everybody. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was like, we were beating everybody by 30 plus points. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. This is ridiculous. That dream team. But then after a few years go by, we got relaxed. And by 2004, we no longer had our best of our best out there. We had a really young team. It was a rookie LeBron James, rookie Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade. We had like Richard Jefferson. Um, Tim Duncan was on that squad, which is forgotten. Who was also, you know, he's amazing, but he couldn't do it with the young team. Uh, Allen Iverson was on that squad. I think Stephon Marbury. It was just a real weird mix. And Larry Brown was the coach. And Larry Brown, as great of a coach as he is, isn't the most liked guy. So when you have that mixture of chemistry and not enough shooters out there, I think the 2004 Olympics, the fact that the U.S. men's basketball team didn't win gold, is definitely one of the biggest upsets in history, right? Argentina, I believe, won gold that year. Mount Ginobili and company That's right. uh, won, won gold that season. Uh, but it changed basketball now. Like the NBA was like, okay, these – because it used to be a thing of Europeans being soft. Right. And yeah, so that got changed by these Olympics. And we like, okay, they're more skilled. They're not soft. They just play a different way. That's they right. might not be as athletic, but someone like a Dirk Nowitzki, just because he can't, you know, beat you down a court in a sprint, can still ball you up because he's so skilled with the basketball. And it changed the way that Americans thought about basketball because of that. And then that's what made the whole 2018 the redeem team when yeah. we brought Kobe and a more mature LeBron more mature Dwayne Wade and Carmelo and those guys and Dwight Howard at the peak of his powers. We bought those guys for 2008. And ever since then, we've been bringing our best out there. Now this year is going to be interesting because of the way the season is set up and the timing of the Olympics. We're going to have a young team again. We might have a repeat of history. We'll see. But 2004, the U S men's basketball team getting a bronze medal. I know. Definitely one of the biggest upsets in history. Oh, a LeBron medal right there. No good. Can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm with you. That's a great pick. That is, a, I, I word of mouth, of course. That's how I do it. 
Oh man, let's see. I, I can go in so many directions right now, but I'm going to stick with it. And um, I, I don't want to steal anybody's fire over here, but I am going to go to the New York Giants, 2007, beating the 18 and 0 at the time. New England Patriots, nobody gave them a freaking chance in hell. And this is number three. It could be number one on anybody's list. And uh, sorry if I'm slipping on your toes, but it's there, guys, and we can all jump in on it. 18-0. and 0. They didn't give the Giants a shot, even though Giants gave them a great game in the last regular game of the season. I'm one of the very few people who were called a schmuck at the time for thinking that the Giants were going to win that game because of their defense and the fact that they did not have to rush more than four guys. They were just incredible. When you talk about Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan, Strahan and OCU Minura, it was just incredible. They called them the NASCAR package or whatever it was. They got in Tom Brady's face. They mashed him up. The game was 17-14. I know that they went down the field, the Patriots, and they scored on a Randy Moss touchdown, but the Giants came right back after that crazy Tyree Hill catch and then Plaxico Burris wide open in the end zone. Just, I mean, talk about... Just so much jubilation in the Northeastern area, except for Boston, obviously. You're talking about Jersey and New York. And then you talk about Miami, where corks were popping everywhere, where they thought the impossible was going was to happen. And they were going to go 19-0, and the Patriots, but 18-1. and So that's why it's got to be the New York Giants in 2007 for me, Nikki. Well, that's obviously my number one, and nope. I didn't write much about it, so I just wrote 18 and choke because that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Uh, I think you should maybe move it up a notch or two, but uh, no, it's definitely my number one. Like, it was nothing really more to cover. They just didn't have a chance in hell. But you know what I find interesting? Everybody was shocked the Giants won except for the Giants and Tom right. because they really truly believe they could do it so moral of the story is like you can do amazing things when you believe in yourself and haters be damned <laughs> <laughs> that's right no, belief is, yeah confidence belief in yourself that's tremendous and that's going to lead me to one of my other ones going uh, going down the road over years so that is number three now we're on number two biggest upsets in sports history Nate, take it away so I will take it away since we're jumping around. So my number two. All right. So this one is for the girls. Um, so a lot of people are going to point to the 2018 men's NCAA tournament when the 16 seed UMBC upsets number one Virginia. But let's not forget, please, that the ladies did it first in 1998. So a little credit. Um, so if you guys remember, 16 seed Harvard. Upsets, number one seed, Stanford, 71-67. Now, it wasn't as lopsided as UMBC in Virginia, so I understand why it is a little bit lower on people's rankings and lists. Uh, but not only did they do it on Stanford's home court, prior to that, a 16 seed had never beat a one seed in the first round in the history of men's or women's NCAA basketball. So they did it first. And if you go and watch, like, just go watch the last three, four minutes of the game. It is crazy. Not only are the graphics, like, ridiculous for 1998, <laughs> and you're like, I watch TV like this. But you hear the announcers <laughs> say, at, like, the three-minute mark, well, Harvard's never on TV. So the play is just shocking to everybody else. Now, mind you, Harvard finishes their season 22-4. and four. They have the nation's leading scorer, Allison Feaster, and they aren't on TV for anyone to see. 
So I read this uh, article, probably a little bit older on ESPN. It's called Oral History. And they go through the entire game. They interview all the ex-players. And <laughs> all the Harvard players said when they saw 16 pop up, Next to their name, they felt like it was a slap in the face. They were disrespected, and they were pissed off, and that is what fueled their fire going forward. So if you got a few minutes, read the article, watch the last three, four minutes of the game on YouTube. Um, it's just a great few minutes and a great tribute to the ladies who get overshadowed by the 2018 men's team, but they're number two on my list. Shoot, man, she should be the marketer marketer for all the women in the entire world. <laughs> she brings that passion for real, man. There is no joke right there. Well done, Nikki. Very well done. Digging deep into that right there. All right, how dig did you deep, D? Number two. You're getting out of context over here. <laughs> no, I didn't go as deep as Nikki. That's a great pick right there on that one and yeah whenever you watch something from the 90s like how did we survive watching this how are our eyes still yeah, good from watching this <laughs> <laughs> uh but not nah, great pick for my number two i went back to the nba so 2007 got the dallas mavericks who are the number one seed in the nba playoffs their mvp leader dirk nowinski is coming off of an NBA Finals appearance the previous year. They lost to Miami in 2006 in the NBA Finals. They're the favorite to win the NBA championship the next season. Dirk's playing out of his mind. And in the playoffs, they run into the Golden State Warriors at the eighth seed. Now, the playoffs are now 7-7-7-7. Seven, 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 seven. So it's seven-game series all throughout. So you're thinking the eighth seed doesn't really have a chance against a one seed. But the Golden State Warriors, who were led by Steven Jackson and Baron Davis, Matt Barnes, Al Harrington and company. Nice. Just dominate the Dallas Mavericks and really just got into Dirk Nowinski. And I give this Golden State team credit for making Dirk better and giving Dirk the chance to create his own upset, which I'll get to a number one. But for uh. him at the Golden State Warriors – at the eight seed to dominate Dallas that way, who was the favorite and had the MVP of the league in the first round. You got to give go to stay all the credit in the world The we believe warriors. Uh, it's an amazing story and really showed you how great go to state fans were back then. Now, a lot of the go to state fans now are new guys who came along after the Steph and Kevin Durant and all those guys, a lot of corporate people back then it was in Oakland it was a hood environment there, and you feel you really felt it in the arena watching those games. So, yeah, my number two is Golden State, the We Believe Warriors, defeating the number one seed, Dallas Mavericks, along with their MVP, Dirk Nowinski. All right. All right. I like it. I, yeah, but that, that one didn't even cross my mind, but I love it, man. Excellent job getting in there right there. Yeah, talking about an eight beating the one. That's uh, in the seven-game series. It's even better than uh, what I said. Not bad at all right there. All right, number two for me. I am going to the Olympics, guys, but I'm going back to the year I was born, 1980. The amateur USA team beats mm -hmm. the Russians uh -huh. in the semifinals and goes on, people forget, to beat Finland in the actual championship to take home the gold. But it was all about how is USA going to beat the Russians, the Russians Pro squad, their pro team, bringing out the big guys. These guys are seven foot eight. You know, it's like, you know, no teeth in their mouth whatsoever. And they're <laughs> animals, you know, and somehow, some way, 
you know, like our little pipsqueak team or whatever of, you know, a couple little teenagers, whatever this and that they were able to overcome. And the joy that you felt from that was, un- you know, again, I, I was just born. So what the hell do I know? But when you watch it and they've made a movie about it, when you make a movie about something, it's obviously super freaking big time. All right. So I think they made several movies about it, actually. But what a moment that has got to be just, you know, to beat the Russians, to beat your you know, your Cold War nemesis, really, in that time. I mean, that's it's so much. It's like a Rocky beating an Ivan Drago, man. So that's why that's number two on my list, guys. That was huge. Nah, it's a great pick. And I always hear about us beating Russia. I didn't even know we played Phil in the championship. Yes. <laughs> I know. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows yeah, that. Yeah. So I've always, you know, I see the picture of the guy, like, you know, the people, like, diving on the ground after we beat right. Russia and everything. So, yeah, I didn't even know about Finland. Uh, so Finland should feel disrespected because they were a silver medalist. <laughs> <laughs> it was silver medal. I know. They're, they're better than the Russians that year. And no one ever talks about the 1980 Finland team. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, that, that's a great pick. And like you said, they've made movies about it, documentaries. I'm not even a big hockey guy, and I know that story. Of course. Because, yeah, because everybody knows that story. So that's a great pick. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. All right, so I guess we're on number one. So, Nikki, I know uh, I kind of let the cat out of the bag with yours. I'm sorry, but uh, is there any else? I mean, really, that season, 18-0, everybody thought the Patriots were going to win except for me, maybe a handful of other people on the planet, probably including you. Damien, I believe you. I believe you. Because defense wins championships. And, look, the Patriots were putting up 35 points a game that year. I'm doing it off the top of my head. I don't know if that's real or not. But to hold them to 14 points. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, right? They were mm-hmm. beating everybody down, and you know that they obviously wanted the perfect season. Nikki, for the Giants to, to take that away from them and to make Tom Brady look like an amateur quarterback in that game was incredible. One of literally the best moments of my life. I know, like, your wedding day is supposed to be, and that was great and all, but I, I cried. I did not cry at my wedding, but I did cry <laughs> when Giants <laughs> won that Super Bowl. So um, that'll probably tell you all you need to know about me. No, uh, yeah. but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just and we talked about it uh, not that long ago. That game still bothers Brady because he said I would give up two rings to get that one back. But you know what I love most about that game? That it does feature two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Throw that in there, man. Oh man. Anyway, it was very, very, very smooth. Very smooth. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Excellent job, Nikki. That's why you're a pro right there. That's why you're I wish. (laughs) All right, D, that leaves you to your number one before I get to mine. What's the piggyback off of Nikki real quick? That was, I believe, my first hot take. Right. I was senior year of high school. I was telling everybody who I would argue sports with Giants are going to win this game. Because I remember the last game of the regular season, Giants played the Patriots. Either the second to last or the last game. This is the last game. Last mm-hmm. game. And they only lost by three points. That's it. I said they're going to make adjustments. They're going to be able to stop that offense. And that defense line is going to be able to get to Brady. And people was like, oh, you're stupid. You're crazy. <laughs> you're you're never gonna have that real deal with Damien Adams show. <laughs> and I was like, and then we we came back to school that Monday, and nobody wanted to talk to me. No. Oh, oh, you guys are running away now. 
Yeah, we right. all took the same spot at lunch. Don't want to hear me say I so, I told you so. <laughs> so I, mean, I, found I found everybody. I told you. I told you this was gonna happen. <laughs> Good for but, you. But yeah, that was my I think that was my first like hot take where like it was literally unpopular opinion, I guess. And that's why yeah. I probably I am good at those now. Piggyback off of what uh, Nikki's number one there. So for my number one, I kind of foreshadowed it with my number two. You did. So Dirk in 2007, I believe, got a lesson in toughness from the Golden State Warriors, which helped him upset the Miami Heat in 2011. Now, if you remember, this is the first year that LeBron was with the Miami Heat. Right. And they did the whole thing where they had the big old party in the stadium with him, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. Uh-huh. He had the whole infamous scene where they asked him how many rings he's going to win. Not five, not six, not seven. <laughs> he did all this stuff. So they were the villains. Everybody hated Miami that year. Mm-hmm. And who knew that it would be much worse later on when it came to super teams. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people really did hate LeBron. It was his first time being a villain. And everybody loved this Dallas team that came out of nowhere. And in the playoffs that year, people forget, like, Dallas swept the Lakers, Kobe and the Lakers, like, swept the Lakers that year. Like, they were balling going into that series. But everybody still saw LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade, who was balling out, Chris Bosh. It was like, no way Dallas is beating this team. And Dallas was able to beat this squad. LeBron had a meltdown, like, one of the biggest meltdowns in history, and just malfunctioned in the finals and couldn't get past his zone. Didn't know how to handle it. Dirk Nowinski was one of the best finals performances I've ever seen. And I love the story that he was so overcome with emotion that he just had to go to the locker room afterwards and just, like, lay down. He just, <laughs> he said, I just had to go and just lay down after <laughs> after doing this. Everybody else celebrating. They're like, where, where is Dirk? And they go yeah. find Dirk in the locker room just laying down on the ground. He's just like, I just was so fatigued, like, emotionally fatigued from what I had just done. Uh, all the years he put into it. Yeah. And you think about, I just mentioned earlier how it was the perception that Europeans are soft and all this stuff going on. And Dirk went through a lot of that mm-hmm. and was able to come out and be a champion over this Miami Heat team that everybody just thought was going to win automatically. One of the biggest upsets in history. And the fact that it happened in the NBA Finals for the right. Dallas Mavericks to get a championship over this Miami Heat team with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, three Hall of Famers, getting beat by Dirk Nowinski, Jason Terry and company. Jason Great upset Terry. right there. And it made you, as a basketball fan, it appreciate it made you appreciate it because it wasn't going to be automatic for somebody just putting their team together. That's right. It really, it really made you like, okay, it's no, it's not just like, oh, just give up now. Nope, you can put together a squad to beat these teams, and Dallas proved that. Yeah, we man, when you talk about Dirk's emotions, I think that he was so relieved. Maybe is yeah. the word making up from two thousand six. You know, going five years later. And it happened, and, you know, I can even think about Michael Jordan winning his first one, how relieved he was. He would not let go of the trophy, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So it is, like, it is so emotional. It's an emotional roller coaster. You get to the playoffs, it's a whole brand-new season, and you're right. That major upset right there. I'll be the first one to tell you I picked the Heat, no doubt about it. But yeah. absolutely a total upset right there. So that's a great one. Basketball, you get a lot of upsets, man. You really do. But you also get a lot of amazing ones in the NFL. And one happened in 1969. None of us were born, but we all know about the guarantee. The guarantee mm-hmm. is Joe Namath walks off the field, the New York Jets beating down 
the freaking new uh the excuse me the Baltimore Colts at that time all right it was 17 it was 16 to 7 the final score all right and the Colts were 17 point favorites there was 17 point favorites and this is when it was the AFL versus the NFL like we had the ABA and the NBA stuff like that so yeah. this is after they had, they finally merged after the Jets had won. That's how significant this game was. The Jets mm-hmm. beat the Baltimore Colts, the Johnny Unitas Baltimore Colts, the Earl Morrow Baltimore Colts, the Don Shula Baltimore Colts. They beat them in 1969. Not to mention the Mets also won uh, in 1969, and sort of the New York Knicks in 1969. Is that the Miracle Mets? It's the Miracle. Yep, that's yeah. the Miracle Mets right there. You got it, baby. 1969. I could have put them on my list right there, but. No, I went. This is. I had to go in this direction. The guarantee makes it, you know, dramatic. And then they're they're seventeen point underdogs, and they come out and they fight, and they're rough and they're tough, and they beat down the big bad Colts who win championship after championship after championship. And it's always Johnny Unitas to Raymond Berry, but this time it was Max Snell and it was Joe Namath. And again, the fact that it was a guarantee, but a seventeen point underdog. And anybody can make a guarantee. But he's like, you know what? I got news for you. I'm a guarantee you we're going to win the damn game. And he said it's serious as freaking hell. And you really got to give more credit to the Jets' defense than anything. But to me, that is the number one overall biggest upset in sports history. 17 points in the Super Bowl, D. Yeah, no, it's a great pick. It's the reason Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame. Because if it was the Hall of Greatness, he wouldn't be in. He'll be on the outside looking in just like Eli Manning. Damn right. <laughs> right. This will go thing it's not the Hall of Greatness. <laughs> but because he made the most famous guarantee in history, he's in there. And it's it changed everything. Like you said, it, we don't have a lot of the teams in the AFC without that game. Right. Um, so, yeah, you got to give Joe Namath credit for that and the Jets credit for showing the NFL at the time who was being arrogant, saying like, oh, you know, these teams are subpar. No way they can compete with us. Mm-hmm. No, nah, they're football professional football players just like you are. And yeah, right. so that's a great pick right there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, thank you. Because, again, the, they merged the following year because Green Bay had won the first two Super Bowls against the Chiefs and then the Raiders. Like, yeah, we're the NFL. We're the big, bad NFL. But, you know, here comes the Jets out of nowhere. Miracle Jets. Unbelievable. So that is the Mount Player play action of the biggest upsets in sports history. And I think it's been a great job all around. Nikki, I'm sorry I stepped on your number one over there. Your number one was great. I should have gone with something okay. else. Like, no, it, I, it needs to be on everybody's list. So it, it, yeah, it, is. it is like the reason I didn't go with it because I knew Nikki would have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering also, like, maybe she won't mention it because she wants to be a little modest, but then I forgot who she was talking about over here. But no, I didn't. Yeah. Come on. I love you, Nikki. I'm kidding. I did bring the ball for you. So you I love pick. that. I love that. And I got to say, like, you know, Jay, you put out that uh, message today about fantasy football. And because, you know, the football yeah. withdrawal starts kicking in for me, like, right about now. Oh, but yeah. Thank God for this podcast. And you sent that out about fantasy football. So I'm starting to get pumped. You just flashed my football up there. So, all right. <laughs> I, I can get through this. I can get through the summer. We can do this. We can <laughs> do it. September. We could do it, no doubt, no doubt. I'm loving it. We can do it, baby. I, I could have thrown in like Damien. You mentioned Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson. That's a huge one. Uh, yeah, I think by the the betting odds is the biggest one. Probably, probably. Yeah. yeah, Tyson just was whatever. I mean, he actually had won the fight because Douglas was down for 12 seconds in the second round. But that's another story. <laughs> but even could have gone like um, 
2004 Detroit Pistons over the Lakers. That could have been a pretty, that could have been a good one too. So yes. yeah, there's a lot in there, but I think we nailed a lot of good ones. And Nikki, you dug down deep on a few of those. That was really good. <laughs> I, got, I got random ones. I got the Kentucky Derby, the Olympics, yeah. Harvard. Well done, very well done. Well, we're going to be going to knowledge with Nikki in a minute, but I want to ask you guys a question. You know, um, with Larry Fitzgerald right now, really obviously at the end of his career. Do we rank him top five all time? We got Randy Moss. We got Owens. We got Jerry Rice. Maybe you consider Megatron. Damien, who am I missing? Or is Larry Fitzgerald a top five wide receiver of all time? Yeah, I got him my top five. You think yeah. about somebody who never drops the ball. He has more tackles than drops in his career. Like every time That's I talk about right. Larry Fitzgerald, yeah, every time I talk about Larry Fitzgerald, I'm going to bring up that stat. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it shows you how many bad quarterbacks he played with, too. Yeah. But it's, it's the fact that he has more tackles than drops is absolutely nuts. Like, I remember last season when he dropped the pass and it, like, tipped up and got picked. I was like, that shows you how crazy 2020 is. The fact yeah. that Larry Fitzgerald dropped the pass and it got picked off shows you how crazy of a year it was. But Larry Fitzgerald, you look at his stats, the consistency, the longevity, yeah, I got him top five. Like all top of my head, I got I got Jerry, T.O., Randy Moss, Larry, and then Chris Carter. Okay, I like that. I like that. And Nikki, I don't know. What do you think? You think he's top five? Because then you could talk about Megatron, maybe even Andre Johnson if you wanted to, Marvin Harrison. Uh, you could throw names like that. I think he's top five. Where? Probably somewhere where Damien said four or five. What do you think? I agree with that. I think he's four or five. I think he has to be. Um, and I remember, remember when we built our perfect wide receiver, I, I basically built like a Calvin Johnson, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. I picked him for hands because like, dude does not drop the ball. And I feel like he's so underrated and I don't know if it's his market but I feel like he does not not that he wants all the attention I feel like he doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves and he gets overlooked a lot he's just like that quiet workhorse who has an amazing talent so yeah I think he should be around number four or five gotta like that gotta love it oh man you gotta love you gotta love so many things like knowledge with Nikki who we got coming up right freaking now knowledge with Nikki are you ready and what is the category this week please tell us what we got going on all right. Well, our category is Father's Day. Father's Day. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. That was in the shout out. And uh, now Nikki is going to destroy us with Father's Day questions. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. So did you did, did you go crazy with this one? Or do you think that we have a shot over here? No, no, you guys definitely have a shot. And she says we have a shot every week and we don't have a shot. <laughs> you guys got be like the Giants. I am Tom Coughlin. I believe in you. You guys gotta believe in you. And you know what? You're gonna knock this one out of the park. This is a Super Bowl right here. Uh, I'm ready. I'm up first this week, too. <laughs> you are up first. Okay. You are the one. All right, Dean. You're gonna have to do it here, brother. It's all on you because uh, I don't know if Tricky Nikki song is coming up right now. You know I'll be playing that in about two seconds. So being the fact that the computer is going slow, we're going to go ahead with time and we're just going to get right into the game right now. So it is Father's Day. It is trivia. What do we got? Damien, you're up first. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, in what city and state was the first Father's Day celebration? Hmm. City and state. I'm going to go with 
Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? No. Jay? Uh, that's a good guess. Oh man. Um I'm trying to think logically over here. What city and state? Damn. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank over here. I'll say um Richmond, Virginia. Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington. Oh. Okay. All right. Shout out to Spokane for looking out for the dads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D, number two. So most places celebrate Father's Day on the third Sunday in June, but not in Spain or Portugal. On what date do they celebrate Father's Day? January 15th. No. Jay? What was the question again? What date does Spain and Portugal celebrate Father's Day? Spain and Portugal celebrate Father's Day. Um, I guess we're going to have to go with a real big guess over here because I am just <laughs> not good right now. Um, wow. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm trying to think so logically over here. What, what day... Um, August 2nd. <laughs> no. March 19th, which is St. Joseph's Day. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Okay. All Don't right. Hold Nikki. Number three. What is the estimated number of stay-at-home dads in America as of the 2016 census study? Oh. Estimated number of stay-at-home dads? Yep. I'm going to go with 2 million. Jay? The question was again, how, then how many is the number of stay-at-home dads? Yeah, estimated number of stay-at-home dads as of the 2016 census. In the United States? Uh-huh. Stay-at-home dads. This got to be... I'm going to say uh, 15 million. 7 million. Ooh, oh, right in the middle, right in the middle of summer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, D, last one for you. Come you on. Let's go. All right. In 2020, adults between the ages of 35 and 44 spent an average of how much per person on Father's Day gifts? Between 35 and 44. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they got a little more money, mm -hmm. but it's still fathers. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say on an average they spent fifty dollars. No, Jay. I'm gonna say on average for Father's Day, um, thirty-five. Two hundred and nine dollars and seventy cents. Oh, holy fuck! <laughs> I'm about to say. Yeah, all of that I know be getting socks, ties, <laughs> <laughs> be getting the uh, world, world's best dad mug. <laughs> like, like, what? Is, what are these dads out here giving these dads laptops and, I guess, oh. and iPhones and whatnot? <laughs> wow! Oh shout out to God. all them giving the dads the good gifts. Like, Ooh, I, like, I feel bad now. I haven't given my dad anything that pricey. 
uh, for a Father's Day gift. Like his birthday, I, I kind of you know, like spurs a little bit. But for Father's Day, I've given, I've done the mug. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can do a ball game. I did that once. You know, I yeah, yeah. take him to dinner or something. You know. Yeah, I've yeah. taken my dad to dinner. The dinner got kind of expensive because he likes steak. So oh, that's yeah. that's probably oh, one of the yeah. ones that went into that average. Gotta yeah. be careful where you go. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Fill them up on uh, you know on salad and bread and bread stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> the thing is with my dad though, my mom's birthday is the twenty first of June. Oh. So I always run into I got to take care of mom. Oh, yeah. And Father's Day is right around at the same time. That's so yeah. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough on my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> <Just saying> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you kind of get it over with, right? Like that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's third week of June's tough, but then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's tough in my life? Can I just take a total detour right now? Listen, guys, I have this. There's a beauty mark that I have on my eye that needs to be taken off. I saw a dermatologist. I had a beauty mark or a mole, whatever you want to call it on my back. It was removed. She looks at it. She says, I'm not making a joke. She says, you got to have this thing removed. I'm like, how do you have it removed? She goes, you go see an ophthalmologist and they burn it off. I'm like, they what? They burn it <laughs> off. So I'm already freaking out. I'm like going nuts over here. My appointment is today. Okay. So I'm, I call and let me tell you guys, you can't get a referral down here unless you physically go to the doctor's office, drive to the other doctor and throw it at their face and say, here's my referral. Please help me. Yeah. They will not even, they, I first have to go see my regular physician for God knows what, and I can't see her for a month. And then after that, I have to wait a couple of weeks to do this whole operation thing, where if these morons just said to begin with, we don't have a referral for you, which I asked several times, do you have the referral? Is everything good? Into which they replied, yes, you're good. We'll see you at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Nope, didn't happen, didn't go, nothing like that. So sorry for that sidetrack story, but that's why you stay out of Florida, all right? The population is too much of dummies down here. Yeah, all the fathers are taking all the doctor's appointments. I'm yeah. telling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, let's do your four questions. Maybe get okay. your mind off this. Okay. Yes. All right. So, Jay, in what year was the first Father's Day celebration? Mm. So we know it was in Spokane, Washington, but in what year? It's got to be pretty. It's got to be early, but not that early. I'm gonna go like uh, 1890. D? I'm going to go 1960. Ah, 1910. Oh, oh wow. Pretty, pretty close there, Jay. Jay, pretty close. Like half point. Yeah. Eh, not close <laughs> for a point, though, I don't think. Yeah, uh, 20 years, yeah. Oh, yeah, 20 too years. Much. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> okay, let's try number two. All right, Jay, what is the official flower of Father's Day? Mm. Okay, can I make any sense out of this? <laughs> Probably not. Wow. It's not always with Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. The official flower of Father's Day. Um, I'm. Just, I don't even know that many names of flowers. To be honest with you, uh, I, I a dandelion. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to try? I said I think that'll be my guess for Mother's Day will be a dandelion. Um, All right, there you go. <laughs> got a day I'm in go, there. I'm gonna go with 
a Venus flytrap. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you guys, it's, 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 <laughs> it's actually a rose. So you wear oh. a red rose on your lapel if your dad is still alive and a white one if they have passed on. Oh, I think okay. I heard that somewhere, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. All right, Jay. Let's go. Number three. How many Father's Day cards were given last year in the United States? Wow. Um, I would say, you know, again, I've got to go with a nice even number over here. 100 million. D? I'm going to say... I'm going to save 50 million. 95 million. Oh, so Jay, point, Jay. I think you were close. You, I okay. think you can get a point there. That was yeah, that's a point. I'll take it happily. I'll have to. <laughs> yeah, that's a point right there. All right. Last one yeah. for you. I think you got this, but let's let's see. Yeah, you always think that you think of I try, try to have the faith. Okay. <laughs> you got to have faith. All right, go ahead. Oh, boy. <laughs> Six <laughs> wearing the hat. Oh boy. We yeah, I know. Like, oh boy, here we go. It's good. Let's go embrace ourselves. All right. There have been two sets of father son presidents in the United States. Can you name them? Probably not, but uh, <laughs> two, two father son presidents? Yeah, two sets. Adams and Roosevelt. D. Well, oh, I know one is Bush. Oh my God! Yeah. One is Bush, one <laughs> wow! Is Bush. What a dummy! <laughs> Holy crap! I'm so yeah, dumb. Good job, Dean. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm racking my brain on the second one. Uh, so Bush. Dumb. Uh, what an idiot! I'm gonna be mad too. I know. I'm probably gonna know it. Is it Bush and Adams? Bush and Adams. There you go. You been a rough four or five weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's been a it's been a rough history of the whole show. Oh man, you see, if I would have thought for two seconds, I knew Adams, and then I'm like Roosevelt, and I'm like, I don't think they were related, so screw it. And I jumped the gun, D. Obviously, you're much smarter than I am thinking logically. So, way to go, way to go. All right, yeah, the Adams family. All right, Nikki, good job. Knowledge with Nikki, there it is, right there. You guys know you learned something right there. I know I did. I wrote everything down too. All right, that was fun. Let's have more fun. And this is fictional team names that we came up with. So it's cities within the United States or states or listen, we could have gone third and three. We do whatever the freak we want over here. Right. So we could have done anything. I have a whole list right now. Let's see what we got. We're going to go through fictional city, fictional team nicknames. So we could do it in a funny way. We could do it in like, oh, that's kind of clever kind of way. But let's see what we got over here. All right. Damien, you want to kick it off? You got one? Yeah, I have a whole list here. All right. <laughs> I was at work just writing down random I'm names. You guys do. I only have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You know what? Knowledge with Nikki was very tricky. So you yeah. yeah, you definitely did your research on the upsets and knowledge with Nikki. So we'll we'll take up some yeah. slack on this one. No doubt. Right. <laughs> so for my first one, I looked up the drunkest cities in America. Ooh. And 
the one that didn't have a team was Fargo, North Dakota. So <laughs> I'm a, I went with the Fargo Winos. <laughs> <laughs> I totally dig it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I love when you come to cities like Fargo. It's like, what are you kidding me? I heard the movie Fargo. It's like, but what? Oh, I like that. How about the Alabama Satans instead of the Alabama Sabins or something like that? It just sounds like he's like the devil, the Alabama Satans. It sounds like it belongs somewhere, just like in the deep, dark depth of hell. I don't know. What you know about funny? I wrote down Alabama Crimson Tide. It's a protein. It's protein. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's, good mind. That's really good. Uh, Nick, I know you got one, but you'll play off the rest that we got. What do you got? Um. Okay, so I don't think Richmond has a, a team of anything. No? no? Uh, so I would like to see the Richmond Rough Riders. Ooh, I dig it. I dig it. One. I like Richmond Rough Riders. Yeah, yeah, that would work out for me. I don't, I don't know, know what sport it is, but I like alliteration. Alliteration works. Yeah, for me. that could be, um, and that would be some badass uniforms to go with the Rough Riders. Yeah, too, yeah, envisioning yeah. all that. Let's make yeah. it happen, Richmond. Let's go. All right, here we go. We're giving you an out over here. We're helping you. NFL, you want to expand? We're giving you freaking team names right here. Funny, these team names come out and they expand in the next year or two. We are suing everybody. We're going to be rich. We're going to be filthy freaking rich. Well, I hear callers on the Michael K show. Actually, it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? What was yesterday? Monday. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm driving home. If somebody called in. They were like, I, I heard a little bit of it. And they're like, well, ever since or something about the Jets and they're going to take a quantum leap. I was like, almost drove oh, yeah. like, are you kidding me? Must be a fan. Whoever you are, hit us up. I, I told D that, uh, that they were talking about who's going to be the next Josh Allen. They didn't say quantum leap, but like the next Josh, I'm like, yep, yeah, that Dean knows. He knows the answer. He's a Jameis Winston. So that, that's what it'll be. <laughs> D, what else you got? Give me another one. So this one, uh, I feel bad that San Diego doesn't have a team. And if you've ever been to San Diego, you know they have a really big LGBTQ community oh. in San Diego. And uh, it's a little park called Hillcrest in San Diego. So the name I came up with was the San Diego Rainbow. I think it would be you, man. Not yeah. nice. Good for you, bro. Like Good for you. Very so I cool. think that would be a dope one, yeah. That is, that's dope. That is, that is pretty dope. Awesome. Yeah. I wonder what the uniforms will look like. That would be pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'd be pretty dope if it had like the rainbow coming down from the uniform. Yeah, right, all the way down. That's right. There's yeah. a pot of gold on their freaking cleat or something like that. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how you said Richmond, Nikki. I had the Richmond Rhinos written in there, like as like a tough ass name or something like that. But how about the Omaha Mannings? That would be. Yeah, a pretty good one. I like that one. That's pretty. That's funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm all in on that. I figured Nikki would like that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I, I like Las, that one. D, I know Las Vegas has a team, but I always thought that if Las Vegas was going to have a team, and I know that hockey did it with the Golden Knights, how could you not name the Las Vegas team the Las Vegas Gamblers? To me, it's so obvious. Yeah, I thought it would really be the Gamblers or like the Aces. Right? But yeah, you, yeah, but you have that in the WNBA. You do have the, the Aces. So, yeah, right. like the Spades, something like that. I always thought it would be something gambling-related. So yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that one. Like the Raiders, but you don't you don't change the Raiders' name, so I get it. Mm-mm. But they definitely could have could have had an expansion team there and had a gambling theme with that. So I, I definitely I'm with you on that one. I thought that would have been cool. I would like that. What else you got, man? So I also looked up the fattest cities 
<laughs> in America. And the team, the second fattest city didn't have a team yet. Tennessee as a state has a team, which is in Nashville, Tennessee Titans, but Memphis doesn't. So I was thinking they would go with the Memphis baby backs. Just running around. Yep, the first mascot that you want to actually eat. I freaking love it. That's great. So who's the fattest uh, city? Uh, The fattest, I believe, was Baton Rouge, Louisiana. (laughs) Which doesn't have a team either. I just thought about New Orleans, so I didn't do it. (laughs) Uh, What about the Montana Mount Me? (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if anybody was going to say it back, so I'm glad I didn't have to get dirty on that one. Uh, you know what, Maryland? If you guys, you guys remember the? Jeez, oh, I don't even know. I should ask Nikki, but the movie uh, Wedding Crashers. Yes, I yeah. saw that movie. Thank God, Maryland knows football and crab cakes. So Maryland yes. crab cakes. There you go. That's, that's a funny one. Uh, <laughs> speaking of seafood, I said the uh, main crab catchers. <laughs> oh, there you go. That works. Now that can go know. that can go wrong if you think about it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the cat with the mountains and the crab catchers and. <laughs> so people, people would definitely have fun with that on social media, but the main crab catcher. Be great marketing. Yeah, how about, it was. The, how about the uh, Topeka Tokers or the Portland Puffers? How about Ooh, that? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I was talking. Yeah, I like that one. So I got this one from Naj with Nikki. You know how the Utah Jazz, and it's not plural, it's just Utah Jazz. So I think the football team should have a name like that too. It'll be the Utah Jello. (laughs) (laughs) Way to bring it first full circle. Jello there, as we learned. Yes, they love. Yeah, Utah loves Jello, as we learned. So the Utah Utah Jello, and you know how uh, certain stadiums like the Bucks that have like the the shots that go off when they score touchdowns. Uh-huh. The, yeah, the Utah yeah. Jello would have this big old thing of Jello that goes back and forth. <laughs> ew, ew, just giggling. Ew, that's why I hate Jello. That jiggle is just gross. Yeah, just be so so Jello. Oh man. Do you got any more? I'm running out. Yeah. I only got maybe a couple left. Okay, yeah, I got a couple more. I think Mexico City would be a good city to have Me a team. Too. So do I. Yeah, and I thought about like paying homage to like Mexican tradition. So I was like the Mexico City Luchadors. They have a big oh. wrestling tradition there. We all know the Luchador wrestlers are you know Mexican. Wow, themed. that's pretty but, good. Yeah, the Mexico wow. City Luchadors. I thought. Why aren't you in like sports PR? He should be in every sports. He should yeah, be. Really? In- <laughs> 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 that's right, good. Man. Well <laughs> done, bro. That's really well done. Oh, I got, I got, I was thinking about, um, you know, Mexico City, but then I'm like, all right, keep it in the United States. So I was thinking about, you guys know Roswell is all about the UFOs. So I was thinking the New Mexico UFOs. You can go with that. Or where Nikki lives in New Jersey junk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> wow. Wow. Why I are you coming for Jersey? I'm playing with you. I'm playing with Jersey you. Jersey has two teams. Jersey Shore Guidos or something. <laughs> the Jersey Shore. That's just the way they should call it. Sick. The Jersey Shore. That would be a good name. Yeah. About the Hawaii Lays. That's it. Oh. oh that's okay. a good one. That's good. Yeah. Expansion team would definitely pick Mariota as their quarterback. 
Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The Rock will play linebacker for him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Do you have any more? Yeah, some other ones I had here. I had the St. Louis Arches. I thought about that, too. Oh, great. Yeah. I think alike. I had the same one down. I had the same yeah. one. So I thought that would be a good one. Nice. Uh, I had the Orlando Mickeys. Uh-oh. Mickey Mouse. Ooh. Yeah, the Orlando Mickeys. That would be a good one. Uh, they seem like they're trying to get a team in London. So I thought about the London Big Bens. Now, of course, you got to wait till Big Ben retires to do this. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the London Big Bens, I thought that would be interesting. Have the, the clock as their mascot. Oh, what's another one I had here? Oh, speaking of New Mexico, I said the Santa Fe Tumbleweeds, because that's the only thing in <laughs> nice New Mexico. <laughs> and uh, speaking of our last show, uh, the Iowa Nothing to Do's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my, my list. They had right uh, what? That was just a big thing, a, a library or something, right? You know, yeah, it was the Mississippi River Museum. Oh yeah, oh their, yeah, their big yeah. thing. Yeah, you know what? You know, it would sound like a really cool name, Iowa Iron. That would be a pretty sick name. That would be. That Iowa would be pretty Iron. good. That would not be yeah. bad. Then I yeah. thought about a team like began with a D, you know, Delaware's kind of dull. So I was like, I don't know, the Des Moines Dragons. I don't know, Dragons are a sick name. They, I want to see yeah. a dragon on a helmet, man. I really do. Like, that belongs yeah. somewhere. It definitely Yeah, does. the dragon would be dope. I'm, any given Sunday, I had a team with the Dragons, and their uniforms were dope. Um, oh, right. That's right, yeah. 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 So I think that would be dope. I think a team named the Sharks would be dope, too. Sharks would oh, yeah. be dope, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I think you know what? You know, I think that two names that would be dope that would fit the team that doesn't have a freaking name right now, and that's Washington. Why not the Washington? We talked about Washington Warriors. Or what about the Washington Wolves? Oh, I can see that. Why not? You go like a gray type of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Yeah, that would be dope. Get it together, man. Yeah, Yeah, you do like a nice charcoal, a little bit of gold, outline it in navy. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, get it together. I mean, the, the Washington football team, with I still stand by the logo, looks like you know, word paint or something like that. It is so, so terrible. So like, how did you not? You had so much time. We just came <laughs> no. up with well, you guys did. You just came up with like 30 of them in, in like five minutes, and they have a whole PR team that gets paid a shitload of money, and they can't come up with anything better than Microsoft Word Paint logo and the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if somebody I've I like I said my theory is somebody copyrighted all the names, like they did they did all the Washington names you could think of, Maybe. copyrighted all of them. Yeah, Maybe. Manuel Snyder doesn't want to pay the guy. Does what yeah, yeah. in his basement. Who was like as soon as he knew and found wind of the fact that he was going to have to change their name, went out and copyrighted all the names he could think That's of. Interesting. To make sure he got paid, and Daniel Snyder was like, "Nope, we're going to be the football team." Wow. <laughs> you know That's what? Theory. That's not a bad theory at all. I, yeah. I can get on board with that. Really, I can. It took like every name possibly that you could think of, and Snyder's just too stupid enough to get creative on his own. So forget about yeah. it. And he's a cheap little bastard. So we got all that damn money. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to our very last segment here on Third and Three Podcast. Man, we've been laughing a lot on this show today. I hope you guys have been, you know, excuse me have been enjoying the show. And we're going to play it throughout the rest of the week because this is a show that you don't just play one day. You can have fun with it. You can listen to it. All the different segments that we have. It's not just related to one little tiny topic. And we didn't even talk about that guy, you know, Aaron Rodgers too much. I think we talked about it for like two seconds. But what do you say, guys, we finish with 
more likely to happen this or that. All right. You got that second down. I would do a little bit of that action. Yeah, I got two for you. All right. I got two. Nikki, what do you got? Um, I have three, but I have a who's more likely, not a what's more likely. Well, how about you give it to us? Okay. So it's out of the three of us, and I have three different scenarios. So oh, I like it. Out of the three of us, who is most likely to die first in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> I believe fully it, it will be me, hundred <laughs> percent. You think so? It would. It would not be Jason because Jason would be ready for something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Most prepared. So I think it would either be me or Nikki to die first because Jason would definitely be ready for the situation. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you saved me from having to say it myself, man. I, I, I'm all ready. I, I got my bunker. I got my elephant gun. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. That's it. So that's the I'm thing, ready. though. I would. We would survive because we know Jason. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. Right with me. No worries. I'll be Rick or whatever his name is from that from that freaking show. I don't even remember. I watched a few of it. It was pretty good. Oh man. All right. So let's go. Uh D, what do you got? All right. So which is more likely to happen? The NFL will go to a 20 game regular season. Oh god. Or the card one of the Kardashians will make it through a marriage for 10 years. <laughs> Oh God! What a one season game is coming. Twenty season, twenty games. (laughs) Wow. You know what? I think one of the Kardashians will do it. They'll get to that decade mark. They'll get that (laughs) ass jewelry, and then that'll be it. They'll get to the decade mark. You know, get a whole bunch of great stuff. You know, and then you know what? I mean, Kanye got pretty close, right? They were together for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think one of them worked out, right? Who's pregnant right now? Who who just was pregnant? Uh, it had to be one of the younger ones. Uh, yeah, so it had, it had to be one of the uh, either was it was it Chloe and Kendall? It had to be one of those two, right? One of them. I, and I thought yeah. I, I thought that I thought that one of the marriages was working out well, at least at the moment. Now again, I'm not reality TV star Nikki over here, so I don't know. She'll have to fill <laughs> me in on that. But yeah, uh, shoot, twenty game regular season, man. Damn, I hope that doesn't happen. I'm, I'm more hoping it doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope it doesn't happen either. Oh, God. 17 is already too much. All right. I like it. All right. Here we go. The Browns win the Super Bowl or American Idol is canceled. Woo! What do you think about that, Nikki? I think it's more likely that American Idol will be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going on 20 on years for a reboot. <laughs> They've been going on 20 years strong. I don't see him stopping, Damian. I don't know. But then again, the Browns. Can they win a Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen there? Yeah, American Idol has become one of those shows that's like just ingrained in American culture now. Because uh, yeah. I don't even know who the judges are anymore. Because it's not like a Simon and, in, in the you know, Paul Abdul and, you know, uh, my guy who says it's a no for me, dog. It's not them anymore. Yeah, like when I used to watch it. yeah, so it's, you know, it's just a show that's going to – it's a machine now. It doesn't matter who's hosting or who's judging – it's a machine, like it's gonna be there forever, like Price is right and all those shows too. So yeah. I think it's more likely that the Browns win the Super Bowl than American wow. Idol gets canceled. Wow. I agree with Damien. I do, I do. And whether I'm not saying it's this year, I'm just saying that American Idol is not going anywhere. I totally agree. Like, like uh um, what do you call it? Regis and uh and uh Kathy Lee. It turned into Ryan and Kelly or Kelly and Ryan, whatever. It's still the it same. Was like, but it was Michael it was Michael Strahan on there for a while, it just yeah. was That's like right. this machine, right. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's things are not going anywhere. So I think that's an interesting one. All right. I know you got more, Nikki. What's another one? Okay. Who is more likely out of the three of us to become a private investigator? Oh, oh. you, Nikki. Really? I was going to say Damien in a second. I, uh, a a private investigator? Oh, you got to think about like the private investigator. I think it's Nikki. I think she yeah, has think the tools. To find <laughs> maybe because she's a female. Maybe because she's a female, she can maybe get away with more. She obviously a very pretty woman, so maybe she could be persuasive in that way. But yeah. you got that deep. And again, no offense to Nikki. No, no, this is fun. I, yeah. I, Amy, I think that you got that. You know, you, you see under the covers, man. I think uh -huh. you're that type of guy. You know, I think that okay. you, you have that ability where you can see things that aren't there. Like you ever watch like a movie where. You know the sheriff. Uh, the sheriff. Listen to me. I feel like a freaking old fart from 1865. <laughs> sheriff, like the, the detectives. The detectives, you know, yeah, always, the detectives. Always things. Yeah, yeah. They're like putting it, putting the pieces together, like Sherlock yeah. Holmes. He's like, yeah. oh, there must be a trap door over there because they there's a blood stain on the fucking carpet or something like that. You know, I think <laughs> yeah. you could do that. Something, yeah. You know? Yeah. Dee's okay. train of thought is is like is kind of like that. Like you could piece it all together really well and kind of see everything. Or I'm oh, like a little more like I won't see everything. But I can sniff out some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like you sniff it out, but I can see what you guys are saying. Yeah, because my mind works in that way where it just puts it things does. together. So yeah, I can see that. Bet your ass it does, man. Yeah. Very well. So yep, I, me and Nikki agree on that one. <laughs> I, might, I might be staying alive during the apocalypse, man. But you're going to be figuring out who's causing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely have that. That's that's a good one. I like that. All right, so for my next one, all right, which will happen? Jared Goff will become a Pro Bowl QB, or pigs will talk and fly? <laughs> <laughs> I think the pigs are going to fly. <laughs> oh, those fat bacon bastards. I wish they could. Oh, man, that would be awesome. The only reason I'll say golf is because it's the only thing in reality that could possibly happen. But still, that is fantastic, man. When pigs will fly out. Oh, my God. That would be great. Oh, that is so awesome, dude. I needed that good laugh right there. I needed that. Yeah, but golf ain't going nowhere. He ain't doing nothing. He's got nothing going on in Detroit right now. And he's at the worst organization you could possibly be in in the NFL. And they want to bite your kneecaps off. So forget about it. It's bad news. Oh, man, that was funny. All right, let me get Nikki. I know you got one more. I'll give you mine, and then uh, we'll go to your last one. All right. My Mets, my New York Mets win the World Series, or Charles Barkley shoots par at a golf course. Wow. Uh, now I'm not up on baseball right now, but I'm guessing the Mets aren't good this year. They actually, believe it or not, they're in first place. But oh, okay, we still have a problem scoring runs. Gotcha. It happens gotcha. once every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I gotta go with the Mets, man, because Chuck's swing just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Every time I see it, so I don't see par happening for Chuck anytime soon. So I'm gonna go to your Mets winning the World Series. Yeah, yeah let's sure. go with the Mets. I agree. Yeah, yeah, me too. Look, the the bigger his belly gets, the the less he's gonna yeah. see the golf ball. I mean, damn, man, Charles, please, we all love you out there, but you know, going that slim fast or whatever the hell they got right now, going Tom Brady's diet for God's sake. His well. commercial is pretty funny though, where he's hitting the ball all over the damn place to Dick Sporting Goods, and he's doing his Father's Day shopping list. I don't know if you guys seen that or not, but uh -huh. that's pretty funny. 
Charles is definitely a good good sport, good sport, and he's funny, man. He gets Shaq bad on TNT. <laughs> you saw him when you saw him D when he when Shaq was snoozing away during the uh, Knicks Atlanta game, and he caught the close up on him. Oh, yeah, that was, that was great. They got yeah. a real feud going, you know. They really do. It's like underneath all of that, they got something real going there, man. Yeah. Oh man, but you know what we got going on over here? We got love, Nikki. Bring more love. Give us one more of yours. All right, my last one. Who is most likely out of the three of us to become president of the United States? Oh, wow. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah. I think. Nikki, I think you actually. Me? No. Yeah, I do. I think that you 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 work in a sector where you see a lot of private business and different things that go on. And I, I, I think we're all very well educated and I'm not, I'm not joking around. I think that all of us are educated. I'm certainly not a politician and I don't like to talk politics much. So my ass is way out. Damien, you're very smart. Um, but I don't think that's something that you would want to do in life. I'm not saying Nicole that you would want to Nikki, but I, I, I can see you cause you're, you're a tough chick. I can see you. I can see you calling the shots. I can see yeah. you being what Hillary Clinton wants to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would have to go with Nikki as well. Uh, like, like I said, I just for me, I'm trying to stay as far away from politics as possible, uh, and it's something that it wouldn't draw me in at all. With Nikki, I can see Nikki making a difference, being, a, oh, being yeah. a, somebody who would be so real. She would be the right version of a Trump. Like Trump was mm. extremely just non-politician like, but was doing it in the wrong direction. Yeah. She would be extremely non-politician like, but doing it in the right ways. I believe so I Nikki doing that. Oh, I thank you. That. Yeah. yeah, I think, and these are honest answers. We're not just, yeah, you know, no, no, of course. Yeah. I would have said D because he's so diplomatic, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yes. being, you know, all sides of a situation. But all right, hey, I'll take it. And you deserve it. You hey, look, we may be looking at the first female president over here. How about that, right? <laughs> Nick, yeah, for me, my, I my mind like is run. only yeah, my <laughs> mind's only like that when it comes to sports. Yeah. <laughs> my mind would just freeze up. <laughs> See, you know, I don't think so. And you were in the military, right? So see, like, yeah, yeah. you sell yourself short there. You, you really, yeah. Do. I would people, I would have that going for me, like, oh, the yeah. veteran, and then they, yeah. they would see what my, <laughs> <laughs> then they'd be like, nah. Be your campaign manager. I would like to run like opposition research and just annihilate an opponent. Yeah, I would do. Yes, that. Oh. if I did, if I ever ran for anything, you would definitely be my campaign manager, Nikki. For sure, yeah, know that about it. Oh, yeah. no yeah. question. Oh man, this was fun. I can't believe that two hours just went by like that. I I don't think I laughed as much as the show as we ever had before. This has been great, guys. I love yeah. it. To you guys out there listening, and we're gonna, of course, we're gonna have it on record. Uh, so you hear some of the music and all the action that we got going on. But today was awesome. Yes, I know we moved it to Tuesday. May have moved you guys and screwed you guys up a little bit thinking that it comes on Wednesday. But you'll be able to hear it on Wednesday. And that's tomorrow. Guys, we are so happy. We had so much fun. It's football, basketball, boxing. It's everything. We brought it all in and brought all the laughs. It all came together, Nikki. What a great show. So glad that we got to do it again every week. We are here. Season four, episode two. Nikki Nick, she gives you the real action on the reality TV. Nikki, tell them all about it, where to find you, and what the deal is. 
deal is you can find me at Nikki Nick nine three eight four for all your housewives tweets, your below deck tweets, obviously my giants rants when we're in season. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Give me a follow. Always follow back, follow third and three podcast. We follow everybody back. And again, just quick shout out Lexi. Congratulations. Love you. Dad. Love you. I will see you guys tomorrow. And thank you guys for working with me and moving the show to tonight. Oh, oh, no that's, yeah, yeah. that's absolutely <laughs> nothing. Know that about it. All right. The real deal. Damien Adams, man. He's all over the place. He's on your podcast. He's on his podcast. He's on her podcast. And he's got his own podcast, baby. Tell him what's up. Yeah. So you can follow me on all social media platforms at the real deal. WDA. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to get a lot of basketball, a lot of boxing. Once football season starts, of course, all the football uh, and for the basketball takes is extremely funny stuff that I, I like to have a little fun with during the playoffs. Uh, my show, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, will be back next week. I took a little break this week from it because I was doing other podcasts. Um, shout out to um, Above the Rim podcast, which I did yesterday. He's all basketball all the time. So it was a lot of fun doing that podcast. Go, go check that one out. It was pretty fun. Um, but make sure you subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams. On any podcast platform, I will be back next week. And make sure you like or follow the Third and Three podcast page on Facebook. Yeah, no doubt. That's right. It's up and coming quick and up in a hurry. We also got it on Twitter, Third and Three podcast. Follow us there. We will follow you back as we will do as individuals. As you can see, I'm at Sports Profit One. That's the number one. Name is Jason Fearman. Do have Power 32 podcast words. Mostly small segments. Sometimes I'll go 20, 25 minutes if the topics are big. But this is where I live. This is my showman over here. These are my people. This is it's just a perfect third in every direction to make this whole unbelievable thing that's happened. The third and three podcast. Usually, again, on Wednesday nights, move to Tuesday night this week, which is perfectly fine. But you can hear it all week long. Get all the laughs with us. And we'll be back next week. And let's see what happens. I don't know if that guy number 12 in Green Bay is going to go somewhere else, but oh, it doesn't geez. matter. I know, right? <laughs> Forget about it. Don't even talk about all that. Listen, the show is freaking fantastic. I know I lost at least five pounds, and it was funny as hell, and it's yeah. worth, it. worth every pound of it. So, guys, we are out of here. Great time. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye. Peace, everyone. <laughs>